G Money. Yo. What's up, man? What's good? What's poppin'? I'm all right. Welcome back. Welcome back to you too, sir. How yeah, well, obviously, every time you talk, you talk, you know, I've been trying to figure out, you what? know, why the levels on your mic is so leveled. I mean, when you're professional, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, oh. what, you, that's what you do, man. You know what I'm saying? You talk to the microphone when you you do shows and you do parties and podcasts and interviews. You know how to speak into the, the microphone, you know, unlike some people. <laughs> Chill out, chill out. Right? This bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we introduce you. Here. Chill yeah, out. Yeah. Yo, how you? Welcome back. I was, you know, back from Jerry Springer. Jerry you know? Springer. Yeah, shout that, out to Jerry Springer. That man. caught a lot of people off guard, which was good. Dope episode. Hey, how do you feel about that one? I, I was more excited that he's from Queens. I, I was kind of shocked about that. How you feeling today? You okay? I'm good. How you feeling? You know, I heard you had a headache. You yeah, tired? Tired. I've been out every day, bro. I've been I, last night. I had a wedding last night. Uh, shout to Shot. Shout to Mike. Uh, they got married yesterday. Uh, Shout out to them! Congratulations! Dope wedding. You know what I'm saying? Did that? I did a few uh, other events this week. So I've been out like, every night. So I'm kind of like, I'm on my my last little bit of uh, energy before I, before I tap out. You know what I'm saying? How you feeling though? You out here the skits and all that going crazy? What's going on, man? G money, yo! Episode one nine nine. Nigga, we made it. Oh, we got a special guest. Yeah, welcome back. I can't say welcome back, or you know, maybe welcome. Welcome black. Welcome black. Dope, dope. <laughs> Round of applause. Yeah. For my man, Gorilla Black. What's good? What's good with him? Bootsy came through again. Bootsy always trying to call somebody, man. Bootsy. Bootsy, what's up? I see you in the background. How you doing, man? Welcome. Man, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Okay. So you got a couple people in here with you today. Okay. One yeah, of the people I see my, my uncle Unique in here today. My manager, boss lady, my nigga D Warren, boss baby entertainment. All right, yeah, shout them out. Yeah, shout them out because a lot of people in here. Right. So exactly. shout them out. Give them their proper yeah, respect. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely, man. Boss lady, Bootsy, boss baby entertainment, my nigga D, my nigga Warren, all my family up here. Salute. From Harlem, Sh- definitely. I my see nigga my Wafu, man. he should be on his way up here, my nigga from Brooklyn. So okay. Shout out to Uncle Unique. I see him in the building, man. You know, he. I, I don't start this don't start shit, please. Shout out to you, man. Don't start, man. My boy Wait. looking good, too. You eat lost some weight working out. Good, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Six pack, you know. Six pack, pack. Get out of here with that slick talk, man. <laughs> you know you good. You know you good. Huh? Welcome, man. So, welcome to the script, man. Um. <clears throat> How you doing? Where you been, man? Man, shit. You know, man, for a minute, you know, I've been gone, homie, so. Yeah, we heard about that. Yeah, we heard about my, that. My unfortunate, that. you know, vacation, but uh, nevertheless, <laughs> I'm home, you know. Welcome home. Happy to be here. So for the people who don't know who Gorilla Black is, let's start from the bottom. Let's go back to the, you know, the to, back to the trenches, go back to the beginning. Right. You know what I'm saying? Tell them where you're from. Definitely. I'm from Compton, California, so, you mm. know, um, that's where the grind started. Born and raised? Absolutely, homie. I was born in Chicago, though. You okay. Know, so, definitely. But uh, Compton's home. What you age know? did you move to Compton? I moved to Compton, homie, real, real young, homie. Maybe about eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. So you remember living in Chicago? Oh yeah, a little bit vaguely. Not that great of a memory. I'm an old man now, so. Mm. <laughs> You're not that old, are you? Well, I'm getting old. I'm getting up there. <laughs> I'm getting up there. Yeah, so what was um, what was Compton like growing up? Man, you know. Compton, man, is a place, you know, that's that's totally different than any place, you know. It has, you know, its own unique qualities, homie, and you can't never change that. It's just something that's bred up out of the turf that's there, you know. Mm. Back then, me first coming there, you know, just imagine, you know, a young kid, you know, eight, nine, 
you know, seeing niggas in low riders, seeing niggas gang banging, seeing mm-hmm. curls, seeing khaki suits, <laughs> yeah. seeing niggas raising pigeons and pit bulls and shit like that. So, yeah, that's a whole nother. Now, yeah. coming from Chicago, did you know, I mean, you were kind of youngster, but were you aware of what Compton, like the name and, you know what I'm saying? Like, where no, you were going? I, I wasn't really aware of it like that to that degree, you know, being that young. So right. I didn't understand the dynamics of everything. And, you know, so to just be thrust in it, you know, you know, both feet in it and just to go straight there, homie, and just to see something that's just different mm. than anything I've ever seen. So immediately, homie, it was just like... Didn't you uh, say that in the interview, the whole Jerry... I just watched something that you were talking yeah. about. That. Don't come and repeat stuff here. What do you mean? Repeat what? <laughs> repeat what? I'm, I'm just... I'm just gonna... I'm gonna speak it how it is, homie. <laughs> so it was Jerry Curls and stuff like that back in the day. Absolutely, homie. I had a Jerry Curl. You did. So if you watched the interview, you heard that part too. <laughs> oh, yeah. You heard that shit too. Shout out to I watched it. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, man. I mean, shit. You know, back then, a Jerry Curl, I have a Jerry Curl, nigga. You had to have some money, nigga. You couldn't mm-hmm. just, you know, just have a curl, nigga. You know, nigga shit drying all up in the sun and shit. <laughs> you see a nigga shit, shoulders and motherfucking shit looking whooped. You know, but back then, you know, a Jerry Curl was a symbol of status, homie. And, you know, niggas wore that shit with a symbol of status. Like, you know, some niggas wore perms. Mm-hmm. You know, it's foreign to, you know, cats outside of that. But a perm, you know, you was a fly-ass nigga with a perm or a curl back in the gap. Mm-hmm. So to have a curl, man, you had a little, you know, you was getting a little bread. Mm-hmm. So, tell us about your parents. Oh, Say that again. Tell us about your parents. Like, who did you live with? Like, did you, with both parents in the home? In Chicago, then both migrated to Compton, or was yeah, only my mom? dad. You know, he ended up, you know, going to the pen. You know, my dad ended up doing federal time, and um, my mother was pretty much, the, you know, pretty much the sole breadwinner, the the sole supporter, the sole nurturer of everything for me. So, the crazy part of it is, is when you know I came out this way, well, out that way, you know, she was just the main one. You know, my dad, I probably seen him, shit, twice seen my daddy like twice i seen him when i was touring back in the gap when i was 28 when i seen him i think about wow i was five years old so mm. Wait, hold on. you saw him twice in your life that you could that you that, that, that that's in your mind that you can remember yeah. seeing pops twice i've seen my daddy twice so you had any siblings that lived with you guys yeah my brother hot dollar my baby brother ryan you know you know holla so but yeah i've seen my daddy so, like twice mm. So my, you know, my, my brother that's a little bit younger than me, when my mother passed, my father had came down to the funeral services and shit like that. So I was still in the penitentiary. So that's, you know, he's seen him quite a few times while he was down there. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've seen my daddy twice. How does that affect you as a child? Your dad not, you know, did you know as a child that your dad was was in the, was in the pen? Did you know where he was? Did mom tell you? Because I know sometimes... Moms keep certain things from children. They don't right. talk bad about right. the dad to the right. children. Right. So how did that how did that affect you as a child? You think in retrospect that pops wasn't there? You know, when you look back at it, you know, shit. I mean, the some of the you know, like I said, you know, my, my mom and my father, they had a lot of different beefs and this is what was explained to by, you know, my mother. And so as a child, you know, looking back at it in hindsight and be like, damn, you know, and just you asking the question right now and me thinking about it like, damn, nigga, I done seen this nigga twice. But it's just like something after a while, you know, you numb to it. Like, all right, yeah, nigga, you just another nigga. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And 
at the end of the day because you wasn't there and you wasn't supportive of myself or my brothers or any of that. So, yeah, that's how I feel. Sorry. So, thinking back about it now, do you, do you think uh, you you might have did some things back then in, re in response to him not being there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not having that, that father figure, not having that leadership around, not having that insight, not having that guidance, not having somebody around you right. to really walk you through it, you know, pretty much. We was puppies. We was thrown out amongst wolves. So, you know, the wolves that was around us raised us. And so being in Compton, we was puppies. Me and my brother, mm -hmm. we was pups. We was out there with full-blown wolves. So they became my father figures, mm -hmm. you know. Unfortunately, that's just what it is. And so, you know, looking back at it in hindsight, how I think about it to this day, like, you know, that's one of the things that I try. And, I, and I, as me living this life, I definitely want to be there for my sons. You know, I definitely want to be there. And so anytime it's anything that I could do or go and be around them, I don't give a damn what it is. I don't want them to sit down and be asked the same question, you know. The question you just asked. Yeah, I feel you. And that's some cold shit, but my answer, yeah. It may seem cold and harsh, but it is because I don't know him. Two, two more questions about Pops. The first question was, is, um, were all your brothers, and like, were they his children, biological with your mother? No, I have okay. an older brother, okay. and his name is Andre, and he okay. have a different father. Okay. And so he's my oldest brother. He's a physician assistant down in Mississippi. Okay. And then I got another brother that's younger than me. He about 42, hot dollar. You know, he did, had a deal up there at Def Jam. And then I got a younger brother that's down in Vegas right now. His name is Holland. So all three of us pretty much grew up in the same household got with it. my mother. So, got you. But my oldest brother, he stayed, you know, he was raised by my grandmother until her demise. And then the last one would be, did he, um, when you saw him at 28, because we're we going to go back, but I just want to skip to this part. Mm -hmm. When you saw him at 28, what was the conversation like? You said you saw him on tour, like you said you was getting. Yeah, because I was out there in Chicago at the time, and I think they had to. I think it's called a Taste of Chicago or whatever, and I was down downtown in Chicago, and right across there's a, a whatever, and he, you know, he came up there to the hotel where I was at, and um, we was cool or whatever. Not in. He said some shit or whatever, and I was like, my nigga, I beat your ass, my nigga, I fuck you up, homie, real Pops? spit. Yeah, I told my daddy that, and I was like, look. I don't, you know, listen, home. Wow. And so, you know, my manager at the time, they kind of intervened in the situation. I was like, no, nah, homie, don't, you know. And, you know, my management was there. And so, um. He came up to the hotel. Yeah, he came something? to the hotel, but he was chilling with us in the hotel or whatever. And he jumped out there. And I was like, my nigga, I beat your ass, homie. Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know how you Chicago niggas do it, homie, but I beat your ass, my nigga. And so, after that, my brother was like, damn, man, hold on, bro. You know, this pops and woo woo give a fuck homie like you know it's gonna be respect given as you know respect is earned and given at the same time so yeah, that was the last time me and him had a conversation and then i spoke to him two or three times in the penitentiary so definitely yeah did he ever apologize to you for not being there he did had he? spoke to me and you know my father this is some crazy shit his last name is gray my last name is williamson so he was upset with my mother that my mother didn't give me his last name. So that was one of the reasons and why, you know, he was beefing with my mother for quite a bit of time. And so in the penitentiary, you know, I spoke to him on the phone, you know, like, hey, man, look here. Uh, you know, I asked you to go down there and check on my mom. 
you know, you're trying to build a relationship with me. I'm trying to build one with you and vice versa and so forth. You know, right now she in a real delicate situation. Out of all her sons, she would really want me to be there the most. But I can't be there. But it would really make her happy if you went down there. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And kind of like, you know, spent me. So um, when she passed, we spoke again. You know, the chaplain, you know, when you're in prison or whatever, the chaplain, he like, <laughs> he like the, <laughs> you know, the angel of death. He come, he, he walking through the unit. And he walked, he stopped by my bunk. He was like, Williamson, come here. So homie Harry O, he right there. He like, dang. You know, because they knew my mom was sick. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, went up in there, you know, you know, mom's passed, you know, he bring you off into the little chaplain area of the prison or whatever, you know, you can get on the phone and speak to your family and so forth. And so my brother wanted me, he was like, man, fuck it. I just pay the bread, man. And just, I was like, hell no, man. I'm not finna be in no chains and no cuffs, you know, I ain't gonna do that. I just, I go afterwards, you know, when I get up out of there or whatever, you know, and. He was like, man, we'll just spend the money. I was like, I don't want to be around my family members with two armed guards shackled down from head to toe. No, no, we ain't gonna, I ain't going to do that. You know, that ain't what we're going to do. So my father, he tried to, you know, be the good guy and go down there. Oh, yeah, man, I'm going to whoop, 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 go down there. And um, he did some bullshit, you know, because when it was time to pay for the services and take care of all of the situation, as he promises, He's, he spoke out of his mouth. He never did. So that caused a beef and a rift between myself and, you know, him and as well as my brothers as well. My oldest brother, who's, you know, not his son. My younger brother, you know, which is his son and myself. So he did some weirdo shit. So what was his reason for not paying? Man, the following morning, you know, that night, my young brother, you know, you know, my brother, he was mourning. He hadn't been back to Mississippi in years. You know, my brother that's below me got into some shit out in Compton. Mm -hmm. And so my mom, when she was still out here, she sent him to Mississippi. You know, we got into some shit. And so he stayed down there. My grandmother raised him. So when she raised him, you know, that's like, you know, his second mama and his grandma. And so he hadn't been back home to mourn her death. So, you know, my brother, he's sitting there with a fifth. In his full church clothes, he's sitting right there between their graves just drinking and crying. And my dad wanted to make it like a celebratory moment, you know, to show his mother, oh, I, I got a relationship with, you know, my son and got his, you know, his sister down there. But my brother mourning, homie. This is his mama and his grandma. He ain't been able to mourn properly. I'm in the penitentiary. I can't really mourn properly. But he mourning. He's sitting there in the middle of the dark out there drinking. You know, him and my oldest brother, they getting drunk out there, like, at the cemetery, you know, mourning. And um, my father didn't seem to understand that. And, um, you know, he wanted my brother to go and have the celebratory meal and eat and just whoop-de-whoop. -whoop. You know, my brother, you know, he lost his mama. You know, I lost my mama. You know, so, I mean... The following morning, instead of him helping with the obligations in which he obligated himself to, he jumped up in the car with my grandmother and his sister, and they took off. 
he bounced all whooping. Well, I ain't really got the money, and you know his reasonings were vague at best. So he just left Brody and them just stuck with it. Was that the final straw for you? Uh, you know, I haven't spoken to him, but I really, really, you know, I pray due to the fact that my son now Zion is fifteen, and I got a newborn, and you know. His name is Messiah Shah Jahan. And I would really want him to see his grandsons. You know, um, that would be big, you know, because we don't know how long we got on this earth. Of course. Respect. And, I, and, you know, I don't know how long God got planned for me to be here. I've been watching a lot of homies die out there. A lot of homies, you know, before I went to the penitentiary, homie, a lot of dudes is gone, you know, so. I would really, really like that. I could put aside my issues for for them to see their grandfather, where their daddy came from. Even though <laughs> that's fine, I, I respect that. You, you know, come from that ain't got to be that ain't mm-hmm. me. But I, you know, he could tell them things about his daddy, they grandfather, they great grandfather. Shit, I can't say. Or you know, I wasn't raised in Chicago. I was raised in Compton. You know, I wasn't raised over there, but he could tell them, and you know, just that would be big for me, homie. Before I lay, for God, you know, lay me to rest or whatever. Just that would be. I could, I could eat all that bullshit, nigga. You could make up all that just to say, you know what? I'm finna go see my my grandbabies. I respect that. Real spit, homie. You know, real quick, what I noticed, you were close with your mom. I was real close with my mom. Because you, 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 I mean, you, you held this show on this now, but I saw you went into a different, I saw you yeah, told my mama love, yeah, man. Yeah, I saw it yeah. hit you so. You, yeah. you held this strong, but, you know, I saw yeah. it like, um, what, what, what did she do when you guys were younger? What was her occupation? You know, my mom, man, she was just this beautiful spirit, homie. That she was a beautiful spirit, man. Like, when she walked in the room, homie, it was just, boom, everything lit up. And to be able to have that around, and when she would go into the church, i never forget the first time, like, music sounded like music. Like, I was, my, like, five years old. And, yeah, I got a vague memory when I'm young, but she was in Chicago, homie. I swear to you, homie, she just walked up to the piano. You know, the preacher, she look at the preacher, preacher. Oh, yeah. She slide up to the piano, and she just starts singing, homie. Whole church go up. Whoa, they go up. I'm like, damn. And I just heard her voice and just the command of it, but the spirit in it, like. And so moms played at all of the little churches, you know. Mm. She always played at churches. She, moms walk in. She played the piano and organ. I used to ask mama, like, mama, how you know what keys to play? I don't know what keys to play. God tell me which keys to play, baby. <laughs> you know? I said, so, you know, by the time I got in eighth grade, I know how to play trumpet and trombone. I said, Mama, this is A, this is B flat, C flat. So, Mama, you don't know which keys it is? I don't know. I just hear it. I was like, okay. And so, no matter what we went through, <laughs> Mom always made it happen. Whether she had to go in the grocery store and steal 10 packs of hot dogs or a pack of chicken, <laughs> whatever, homie, she was just going to make it happen. But me and her, you know, when Hot was a baby and Ryan was a baby, you know, it was just me and her, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she stand the damn chair up. Now, look, I'm going to show you how to wash these dishes. You finna wash these dishes. And this is how you wash and this is how you dry it. Like, she made me aware of everything early in life real quick. Like, wash these dishes. 
You want to make you something to eat? If I'm at work, you put these hot dogs in here and put this water in here. Mm -hmm. She just, she trained me off the rip, homie. She had me, you know, she had me on go mode from, from day one. And so our relationship was just, it was, yeah. Respect. Yeah. So what kind of kid were you growing up in, in, in Compton now? I mean, you, you know, uh, you said your mom was had a good spirit. She does right. play music. She sing. So what, what kind of kid were you growing up in, in Compton? You know, I, I was rambunctious, you know, to be honest with you, and restless. So, because, you know, God bless the dead, the homie D and my homie Casper, by the time, you know, I got into middle school and whatever, not like, mm. again, going back to that, you know, you pulling, you know, you walking, nigga just pulling up on 17-inch gold Ds and, and the luxury sport. So, you know, we in full-blown khaki suits. We, we out here, the music that... You know, that's legendary to now when you hear about N.W.A. When we seen them, they was dressed like us. Niggas, we wearing Pendletons and wearing Raider hats. Like, damn, these niggas look and sound just like us. With real, this is what we was already doing prior to that music and that soundtrack that what created West Coast lifestyle. We was already doing it. We was already wearing that shit. We was already doing it. So, at that time, you know, my mom, she, you know, she was struggling. And so, you know, you getting, you know, evicted from this spot, evicted from this spot. Mom's struggling. So, hell, it is what it is. The homie, he sat me down one day and he mm -hmm. was like, shit, look, homie, this is double up 25, homie. I'm going to show you how to cut this up. I'm going to show you how to, you know, this is what you're going to do. This is what you ain't going to do. This is what you need to do. This is where you need to be. This is how you. And so my homie pretty much. Gave me the gateway and walked me through the do's and the don'ts and, you know, pretty much laced my boots and shit. I'm I'm 12 and shit. He 12, you know, but he was he was raised by G's. So mm -hmm. we puppies. So, but, you know, out there, you know, you get at that time, it, it ain't the same as these times is. You know, right. it was real dudes out there, real, real, real shit. It ain't none of this shit. It was motherfuckers that was really in the street that was really moving around that was legends in the street. And it really put that shit down on the map. So going through that, you know, my little bread, you know, I'm always helping moms. Moms know she knew what I was doing, but, you know, at the same time, you know. So it started at 12 years old, you said? Yeah, I was selling dope at 12. Good. So what about school? What was what was school like? I was going to school. School was fun, huh? because, you know, I go to school, shit, by the time I got to high school, shit, I already had a car. By the time I got to high school, mm -hmm. I had a motherfucker, a black 5.0 on triple gold Ds, homie. i never forget I wrecked that shit on Wilmington and Compton Boulevard. Then right after that, I bought a motherfucking Camaro, a 77 white Camaro, all red guts in it. Bam. Mm. You know, freshman year at Compton High, I pull up, I'm jumping out. Big boy got the curl on, jumped out, whoop. <laughs> I'm starched up, suited, booted, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Got on the little Hawaiian shirt back in the gap, you know. I didn't get the alert. Niggas wasn't wearing full curls then, so I was like, well, shit, I'm going to have a curly top, so shit. Got my shit faded in and had the little curly top. But uh, school was fun, man. It it was definitely fun, you know. It was fun back in them days. It was but different. But you played, um, I you play instruments too from from mom's so yeah I play, I play trombone and trumpet now don't ask me to play no shit right now homie. <laughs> nah, I'm an nah. old ass man now but back in the gap on me I was pretty dope with it so you, I was so you, dope so your friends didn't look at you like you were weird playing instruments we, nah we because nigga when them niggas would pull up nigga I pull the thing out nigga and I start playing Vanilla Ice, nigga. Bum, mm. bum, 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 bum. I'm playing shit that's on the radio. Uh, I wasn't playing okay, the okay. shit. The band teacher taught me, nigga. <laughs> I ain't playing what we're listening to, nigga. Like, 
fuck what he talking about. This nigga just taught me how to, all I need is the notes. Right, right. Once I know the notes, I can hear the shit and I can place the notes. So I'm playing the shit, you know, for my niggas, you know what I'm saying? Man, play this shit right here, homie. <laughs> like, nigga, wait a minute. I mean, all these motherfucking requests going on, but <laughs> fuck it. I was playing that shit. And so the homie, he was playing trumpet, but the trumpet is different. So I always kept first chair. Every week I battled for the first chair or whatever, not and playing trombone. And so the homie, he was like, nigga, you hard as a motherfucker with that shit. I'm like, nigga, I want to learn how to play that, nigga, that trumpet. And he was like, nigga, that shit ain't nothing. Nigga, this is this A, this B, this, 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 woo, woo. I sprayed a little shit on that motherfucking star. He was like, nah, nigga, hold your lips like this, nigga, and play these notes like this. I'm like, God damn, nigga, this shit way different than that. He was like, exactly, homie, but fuck it. We gonna figure that shit out, so nigga. We'll be on the side of the building, nigga, full-blown curl. And nigga's like, no, nigga, hold it like this, nigga. Like this. They play it like, like. So nigga, next thing you know, I play this shit. He was like, nigga, show me how to do this. Nigga, this is A, nigga, this B, nigga, this C, nigga, this D, nigga. Yeah. So funny shit. Nah, it's just, real shit. I'm just, I'm just trying to picture, you know, two dudes from Compton. Right, At that right. time with the curls and, and, and you know. That's what it Outside, was. Outside and y'all playing instruments. Yeah, like, we playing instruments. Like, what could we play instruments? We busters. We taking all phase. Like, niggas put them right up in the box. Like, nigga, get down. <laughs> like, up? so once we put them in the box, <laughs> we'll go, we go right around there. <laughs> niggas shooting dice. Nigga, don't catch my dice again, homie. Mm. We shooting dice, but we still got to, you know, we in school. So <laughs> Can you see how it looks to us, though? Like, picturing two niggas. Yeah. On the side of a school talking about trumpets. Yeah, I know, but that you gotta play this. But we playing. ain't grown, niggas. We kids, <laughs> homie. We kids. So you gotta understand, we kids with curls, homie. But we still like yeah. niggas. So, but at the same about. time, you know, this is what it. we was doing. So you gotta think that shit big when, you know, by the time you see a lot of kids at at all of these high schools and shit, that shit is real. Them real niggas, man. Them niggas is man, killers. Nigga, they up there probably playing all of that shit you hear now. There ain't no busters, nigga. Nah, I respect you, though. I, I yeah, just feel the like band, most, the band got squabbles, huh? I just feel like most most people, especially at that age, that they they will, right. like they will feel like it's corny to do that. You know what I'm right, saying? Especially right, being right. from a hood, they gonna be like, I ain't playing instruments. But y'all was just like, yo, this what we yeah, doing. Yeah, this what, what we doing. So it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like we looked at it like that. We looked at it to learn the shit that they was teaching us and then go back and flip flip it it and do what we gonna do with it so my love for music was always there and so you know i you know i would i was the type man i would like you said you asked about you know my childhood i'd be the type to find old ass record players and shit and sit there and solder all of that shit back together piece for piece and make that shit work take turntables and taking old records and scratch so i heard you dj too i heard you dj yeah yeah i did that shit too man so i i learned how to do all that shit in that period of time but those are just, you know, side hobbies. Like, you know, right. the homie be raising pigeon, homie, and shit. At the same time, nigga, I knew how to do this. I got the other homie, he raised pit bull, but we still, we all homies. So it's just like, you know, I'll pull up, nigga, like, hey, man, play that, uh, play that comp that's most wanted, nigga, on the trombone real quick, homie. Like, wait a minute, homie. <laughs> you know, I get busy. So, you know, but everybody just did different shit. And so the music was the moment that I seen my mama on that stage, homie, and she would play that organ. She knew how to play organ and piano, and she'd just be blowing. That shit was it was phenomenal. It was it was something that that I knew you know touched my spirit, and it was something that, you know like I said, she was a beautiful spirit. So to be able to make music is a transcending thing, homie, and it 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 it, it, it touches the spirit. It's something right. that you know it's unlike any any feeling that we could get whether it be money whether you know we have sex music is its own drug in itself you know 
you know, it's his own own it's his own high, you know. So, yeah. Any trouble as a kid? I mean, you you said, you know, mom was struggling. You were selling dope. But any trouble like you got locked up or anything young or you were able to uh get past a lot of stuff? No, shit. I had a gang of trouble shit. I mean, at the same time I'd be hustling, you know, my main thing was stealing cars. You know, so I love to steal cars, you know, back in the gap. That was my play right there. I'd be up and down Alameda. I'd just take the Barons up out of a wheel. We call them Kaplui's back in the gap. You just throw the Kaplui. The Kaplui hit the window. The whole window shatter. Niggas just put his elbow through there. So with the homies, that's how I learned how to drive. You know what I mean? The big homie, you know, take me on a mission. Mm. And he hit that shit and the whole window shatter. And the homie, the homie sit me in the wheel. Crack the steering column. All right, homie, take this over here. Fuck it. I'll be sitting. That's how I first learned how to drive. Nigga, just riding down Alameda, just trying to stay in the line. So then after that shit, like, fuck that, nigga. I ain't, I'm finna go get my own shit. So that's when me and my brother, we'd go jumping, you know. Back then, it was Martin Luther King Station, transit station. People would park their car. That's when they first built, you know what I'm saying, the little, you know, the, the, the transit thing through Compton. So mm-hmm. people, you know, they'll commute, you know, commute. They'll park their car, jump on the train, and let the train go. So, yeah, you park your shit back then, nigga. I'm so, coming in that so. motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going in, homie. So then, you know, I see niggas slipping or whatever, not, and I just steal their shit. So I go back around and sell it on Mulberry. A lot of cats, you know, who watching this, y'all remember what Mulberry was. I go back, you know, pull up on them niggas. Hey, nigga, I got this whole whip right here. So they buy that motherfucker, give me like three, four hundred dollars. I've been and got what I wanted out of it, and they've been and broke it back down, took the engine, took all the kind of other shit. So that shit got me in trouble out in Fullerton, California. And um, when did you went, first get caught though? That's when I got. And, that, that I, was in, right I don't. I don't know exactly the year, but I was in Fullerton, California. Mm. And so um, it was this big-ass parking bay behind these apartment buildings. And so <laughs> my stupid ass, I pull up in there, me and my brother, two little Mexicans that was with us or whatever, we was on a spree. And man, I swear to God, I don't know where the fuck the police came from. Man, them motherfuckers came up out of everywhere. Hmm. And so they smoked my booze down for that shit. I went to Los Padrinos for that shit, LP or whatever. Moms came and got a nigga and shit. Some bullshit, but it is what it is. Yeah, and you know, ain't L- LP ain't nothing but the little Thunderdome. You get up at LP, you just squabbling, niggas. All your age, everybody your age range, you just squabbling with them. Mm. So yeah, that's. So moms came and got me out after about a week. She ain't let me just sit up in there. She came and got me. She was like, next time, nigga, I ain't coming to get you. I was like, all right, mama. And I was like, where did your love for music start from? Again, I, I believe that, that that first love, man, is just watching my mother be able to play music. You know, like I said, that was the first encounter. No, you with said music. that, but I mean, and sorry, let me rephrase it. When did you want to start rapping? Sorry, because music is, you know, when did you want to start? Wow, rapping? that's crazy. How you know when did I want to start rapping? It wasn't never like I wanted to start rapping. It would just be me rolling up a street eye blunt and me and the homies just sitting there drinking a forty and we just freestyling. But I just always realized that I was slicker with the words than the homies was. And so when I'd be spitting, the homies would be just sitting there like, God damn, this nigga done took it to another level. So it wasn't like, oh, yeah, nigga, I'm finna be an MC. No. Yeah, yeah. Nigga, we just sitting here smoking some weed. We drinking, nigga, and we freestyling in the whip. Like, nigga, boom, boom, boom. Like, damn. Okay. Everybody looking? All right. 
So fuck it. Roll up another blunt, my nigga. Let's... So <laughs> after a while, you know, I'll be freestyling and shit. And then, you know, I, I never wrote nothing on paper. So then I was like, okay. So i never forget one of the first mixtapes I heard that was super duper dope was DJ Quick's first mixtape. He had a mixtape and it was, you know, it never hit the, you know, swap me or nothing. I forgot what the fuck it was called. But that's when we first heard Quick, man. That nigga was spitting. We was like, damn, that nigga hard as fuck. And so at that time, I was always interested. You know, I started listening to Cool G Rap. I love Cool G Rap. I was mm -hmm. like, damn, this is like the hardest nigga ever. Because he was saying gangster shit, but he was from out here. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Cool G Rap was the hardest nigga, you know, ever. You know, I ever felt like, damn, this nigga putting words together. And DJ Quick, so them two was like, then, you know, go down. Um, What's old boy name? That's from out here. I want to say his name correctly. Oh, damn. Chubb Rock. Chub as soon Rock. as I first heard Chubb Rock, I was like, damn, this nigga is crazy. 1990s. Nigga, nigga that nigga <laughs> Chubb Rock was hard as fuck, homie. I'm like, we hearing that nigga shit? Like, damn. The nigga was banging that motherfucker in a Suzuki sidekick. <laughs> Treat me right. Coming down Compton Boulevard. I was like, damn, who the fuck is that? And that's when I first, you know, found out about Chubb Rock. And then, you know what I'm saying? Then I seen a video of Chubb Rock. I was like, damn, that nigga right there, hard as fuck. So, yeah, Chubb Rock, yeah. Him, DJ Quick, Chubb Rock, Coogee Rap. Yeah, man, them niggas was hard. Those your guys right there? I love Coogee Rap, though, from the jump, because he was lyrical, you know? Mm. You know, but Ice-T was like, you know, to me, like the founder of this, of this gangster shit, mm. of any reality rap, you know? But... When I heard Cool G rap, the way he put words together with that shit, it was dope as a motherfucker. So what's next for you? You know, the, sort of the first the first kind of memory is you outside smoking and freestyling. After that, what happens? I mean, shit, it just kept doing the same thing. I'm same hustling, thing. though, you know? So anything I hear, I'm rapping, and, you know, I'm just over that shit. But I'm, I'm full-fledged into the hustle, homie, full-fledged into it. That shit was just, it was never like, oh, nigga, I'm finna be a rapper. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, nigga. Like, nigga, I'm, a, I'm out here, nigga, we finna get this bread. So, <laughs> yeah. at that time, you know, I'd already escalated up. I was already out of a nine-pack. You know, niggas was still hustling double-ups, nigga. I got nine zips, nigga. Nigga, I'm out hustling everything moving around me. So, that was just, my aspiration was to just get money. And so, rapping was just, okay. That's a little side. That thing, you. it was never really taken to a degree where I felt like, you know, no, I'm making real money fucking with this rap, you know, with this with this crack shit. So back then on Orleander, you know, I'd just be standing out there with my burner and shit and just be rapping with niggas and shit. And niggas was dope. It was mm. niggas that was dope back then, but it was never looked at something like that at that time. Did you come across anybody that, that that's that's that might know the industry back then that that was rapping with you around that time? I mean shit. I mean back in the gap, man, the first person that I seen that was famous was MC eight. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? I never forget that nigga was on Laurel. He used to shoot dice on Laurel. You know what I'm saying? And so right there, when you look at Orleander, Orleander come through Compton High, and Laurel is the back street. So we used to, we used to hustle on that end of Laurel. That nigga pull up in the blue photo. That nigga out there shooting dice with Big Zig and them. You know what I'm saying? That nigga mm. just out there shooting dice with the homies, like you know. So that was the first person niggas out there mesmerized. Like this nigga had a curl looking whip. Nigga jumped out. Nigga khaki suit pressed. I'm like damn, the homie look. The homie eating, so mm. you shit, you know. But when you when you look back at it, you know 
that was just my first foray of seeing anybody that was ever famous or had right. did anything out of the music industry outside of me hearing them over, you know, records or seeing a video or some shit like that. So you didn't come across anybody that ended up rapping later on in the beginning stages before they became famous or? No, no. Okay. No, never. That was the first famous person that I'd ever seen, you know, Got MCA it. shooting dice on Laurel like, damn, nigga. Mm. And the homies just pulling up. When A pulled up, you seeing niggas just pulling up, jumping out of shit, nigga. He out there shooting dice. Just fading niggas, head up, fade, you know, shooting dice with niggas. So back then, you got to imagine, we young, we like, damn, nigga, this nigga MCA, the real ass nigga. This nigga jumped out, this nigga in the chateau shooting dice. So that was just the first foray of seeing anybody. But no, nah, everybody that grew up with me around that time, and I seen nobody ever took it to a level that, you know, I took it to, so... Yeah. So you ain't you ain't go to jail as a young kid, did you? Yeah, a few times, like I just explained earlier. You know, I went to jail for you know GTA and shit. You like said that. that, but you didn't. But you ain't, it wasn't that. No, much. nothing, nothing like whenever I went to the federal, federal penitentiary. Yeah, got got nothing like that. I just went in, did a little county stint, went to the county jail, do a week, do a month, boom, boom, in and out. Nothing like that. Like I went and did some tick, tick, tick. But gotcha. yeah, this lad, you know, a lot of niggas be, oh yeah, I went to jail. No, 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 nigga, you ain't really went to jail, jail yet, nigga. Mm -hmm. Nigga, when that motherfucker give you, nigga, nigga, 100 months, 200 months, 300 months, nigga, that's jail, jail. You you finna sit down for a minute. So, now, we, we hear you freestyling, all the freestyling and shit like that. Right. When does it become a thing that you want to do? Where you I try mean, to perfect the craft? Because we can all sit down and start freestyling. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, I think, man, whenever I used to stay over in the 60s, homie, that's when it really, I really felt like I could really do it. You know, and I was standing on 10th Avenue. And so back then, I would be writing shit. And so I'd be just standing out there on 10th Ave with all them niggas out there, man, and just be freestyling in the 60s. And that's when niggas, you know, my nigga, you know, Rattle Up, rest in peace, he was like, damn, homie. He was like, Black, you hard, homie. He's like, you don't really want to do this shit? I was like, shit, I be writing little shit here and there. He was like, my nigga, you finna do your thing, homie. You finna do your thing. And I was like, shit, fuck it. So I'll never forget, um... I ended up moving to Gardena, and it was my brother's birthday. And so when it was, you know, Brody's birthday or whatever not, I ended up, you know, I recorded and did shit way back in the gap a bunch of times, but when I really just sat on my pen, just sat on it, you know, and back then, you know, I didn't really, when, you know, the first time whenever I went to fuck with Ice-T, and, you know, he was like, hey, nigga, don't come in my studio unless you know your shit. Unless you know your shit by heart. So I was introduced to Ice through the homie Big Rich. And so I went up in there and, you know, Ice, man, chewed my ass out, man. I mean, he made me feel like, man, fuck doing this shit. I mean, I'm not finna do this shit. This nigga was like, man, go in there and do that shit again. Go do that shit again. Say that shit like this. But what it was is he, that stuck with me more than anything that anybody had ever did because, this is a nigga that's at the pinnacle and I did this shit on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. That nigga rejected every deposit I put out there. Like, nigga, rejected that shit over and over. And this is when the nigga stayed in the Hollywood Hills. Nigga had the sharks and shit all up in the tank and shit like that. And so how I met him is my mom was a telemarketer in mm -hmm. a building or whatever. And so um, she was like, man, my son, he rap. And so the homie Rich was like, he rap. Shit, well, bring him up here. And that's when, you know, back in the gap when Ice was first starting Corner Records. And so I went up in there and shit. I'm up in that motherfucker freestyling and, you know, freestyling and shit. And so 
I just, you know, my freestyle, I thought it was the one. Mm. And so, you know, Rich set up a session for me to go up there to Ice's house and record. He was like, hey, homie, you don't know your shit? What is you doing, homie? You don't even know your shit. You don't even know what you're doing, homie. And so, you know, I went and wrote the shit down. And he was like, man, you got to say that shit like this. And so Ice, definitely, man, that constructive, you know, feedback was something, man, and in which, you know, still to this day I can hear him, even when I'm recording to this day. So, but that right there let me know that this shit was serious and if I was going to do it, nigga, you need to have your shit together. You mm -hmm. need to have your shit wrote down, memorized. When you go in here, how the shit together, the hook, nigga, the verse, first verse, second verse, third verse. And so he just gave me that first structure to what, how to put together a song. I didn't know how to put together a song. I never right. had did nothing. You know what I mean? I was just freestyling, nigga. <laughs> yeah. Nigga, but freestyle, nigga, ain't making a song, nigga. Making a song is a nigga putting together a dope-ass hook, nigga. A dope-ass hook, having a dope-ass beat writing a crazy hot-ass verse, then another verse, and another verse. I didn't even know how to write a motherfucking verse, shit. I didn't even know to count. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't, I'm just saying shit, rambling, and like, nigga, what are you doing, bro? You know, <laughs> so I sat me down and gave me that critical feedback and, you know, Every time after that, I would go up there. Nigga wouldn't put me in the studio until I knew he knew I had my shit together. So, mm. definitely, man. Yeah, Ice, Ice T. Shout out to Ice T. Definitely. Tough love right there. What happened? You got something for him? When did you? Because mm -hmm. you know, you know, for years, everybody said you sound like. Right. When? When did that sound come into play? Were you always rapping like that? What do you mean? Biggie, like, would you always have that, that type of sound? Would it compare you to I've always had a deep voice. Always had a deep voice. Mm, so yeah, you so you got to understand, you know, when you looking back at, you know, when you look at comparison and you look at, mm -hmm. you know, Big, and Big definitely did his thing, man. You could never take nothing away from him. And never look at, you know, you could never compare anything to it, of what he did, the way he wrote. If you're a writer, writer, if you're a rapper, rapper, and you understand that, you know, in this day and age, you know, this nigga jump on auto-tune, he jump on auto-tune, he jump on auto-tune. It all sound a shame. Like, yeah, I'm listening, guy. I'm listening. You know, but when you sit down and you understand what the craft of this shit is and understand it, you know, there's nothing to ever even get close to the zenith in which that man was able to do that. So at the end of the day, people can compare and make the comparisons. And some people may say, I sound like this. Some people may say, I sound like that. At the end of the day, it's just me, you know, and I'm a deep-voiced nigga, man. And by mistakenly, I guess, he looks like Big. He's black like Big. Look, man, I'm Gorilla B-L-A-C-K, homie. I'm from Compton. So I can't do nothing and be nothing else but that. And that's all I'm going to be at the end of the day. And... People have compared and made comparisons and will make comparisons throughout the history of music. You know, some people may say, oh, well, there was Mason, then came Fabulous. Oh, well, oh, wow. There was LL Cool J and then came Jay-Z. So this is just something throughout the history of us, you know, understanding how music goes. You may hear, oh, well, this is designer and this is future. Those comparisons is going to always be made. Mm. But each artist, you have to sit down and you have to listen to them and just really, 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 really get a deep, 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 deep feel. How does he write? Does he write forward? Does he write backwards? How does he write? You know, and so for me being a rapper, when I say I write, for, you know, 
Big was a nigga who rapped backwards. That nigga, I've never seen nothing like it and never heard nothing like it, and we'll never hear or see anything like that ever in our lifetime. That nigga was on another plateau. That nigga was in the beyond the stars with it because when you sit down and you writing and you can really rap and you really listening the way he put together words, there'll never be anything close to it. All I can be is me, Gorilla B-L-A-C-K. And so I feel like I'm a nigga myself when it comes to writing. Definitely. Uh, okay, see, now, sorry, how much of that bothered you, you know, in, in, in your career when you when you got, you know, got things going and how did that affect you recording and writing your music? I mean, shit, if I, if, if I gave two fucks, I wouldn't be here, mm. you know? Because I understand, you know, the dynamics of, you know, people and what they think. Right. See, I understand what I think, so I know how I think controls how I feel, controls my outcome. I don't really care about what nobody else thinks. At the end of the day, long as I'm doing me, long as I'm out here grinding, long as I'm putting paint where it ain't. See, when I go inside of my house and I open up my bills, ain't then one of them niggas going to be standing around me. Don't do that, G. G don't do yeah. That. Ain't then one of them going to be standing there that with was a me. It was a fire line, but it wasn't that fire. Like, come on, G, chill. Yeah, so. He don't, he don't deserve that. Yeah. That was like two Yeah, but I mean, I mean, it's just. It ain't. Yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I like you. I'm going to let you slide a little bit today. <laughs> Stop acting like you wasn't bothered because I remember. Growing, hey, listen, on, listen. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Go ahead. Because I was, I fuck with you. Mm-hmm. We all was bothered. You just said something. Mm-hmm. You gave biggest credit and you uh, emphasized on your gorilla B-L-A-C-K. Exactly. So meaning that, you know, it's it's the difference between the two and big exactly. is where big is. Mm-hmm. So but I remember growing up right oh three, oh four, and I remember right. that's what was being said. So it right. had to right. whether it bothered you really, but it had to do something to right. you where you felt like, you know, people will accuse you of intentionally copying and right. I, mean, I saw I saw some you know, people wrote things about your album in 04, good right. things and stuff like that. Right. So they tried to separate it, but we talking right. about what it did to you personally. Right. Right. Your peers, the rappers, what right. it did to you personally. Right. You trying to be all cool and shout right. some confidence. Right, right. We you know you cool, nigga. <laughs> yeah, hey, look here, look here. I mean, same niggas, is, you know how you gonna do anything is how you gonna do everything. So I want you to remember that. And so this is, this is what it's gonna be, and this is how it's gonna be. I never gave a fuck about what a nigga thought about me. You know, and, okay. I took a double up, right? The homies, I'm giving you a small little example. Oh, man. Nigga, that's some boo-boo-ass work. Okay. All right. Don't worry about it. Double up, turn up to a double up 50. I turn double up 50. I pull up, homie, I buy 12 grand. Oh, nigga, that's some garbage work. Okay. I got a zip. I look around, next thing you know, I got two zips. I got four zips. See, what another nigga eat don't make me shit. So I never worried about it. I know the same people that talk shit in 03, 04, look at that album, what today is a classic off of the West. I was the precursor to anything that you see on the West right now. I was the precursor, and I'm going to highlight that word. Mm. I changed the lyrical atmosphere and the lyrical landscape of the West Coast. Wasn't nobody like me. Still, what nigga you ever heard? <laughs> Let's put it in your words. 
300 pounds in the back of a 300 with his shirt off that looked like Biggie over a Jamaican rap beat. What did you ever hear that or ever see that before on the West Coast? Never. I'm always put paint where it ain't. I'm always go towards the status quo. I'm always go beyond anything. So I look at what another nigga think. I don't care what he think about. If I'd have thought about what he thought about, I give a fuck about what you think. At the end of the day, I'm going to continue to do me and be me, you know? So the same people that talk shit in 03, 04, same people jump up in the boards. This is a classic album. This is a classic. Then came gang. Then came everything you see. Glasses and the Nipsies. My brother, Hot Dollar. And on and on. But I was the precursor. And I thank God, you know, that he put me in that position. Do I regret anything? Hell, fuck no. Mm. Why would I regret what a nigga has... I cut the lights on, nigga, for the West at that time. I cut the lights on. I cut the lights on. So, I mean, I mean, wait, 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 wait. I'm just saying it. And when I say what I say, I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. I'm saying it in the most truthful way. A.K.A. arrogant. Well, I'm saying it truthfully. There was nothing. There was a long span of no music off of the West Coast. There was nothing. You guys was out here killing shit. Back to back, killing it. The East was killing it. The South was killing it. The, everybody was killing it. We was, motherfuckers, we were scratching our head. So when I did come at that time, and then right behind me, I'll never forget me and Game did a record called Compton's Back. And I was like, God damn. I must have opened the floodgates because I'm like, this nigga hard as a motherfucker. Then I run into K-Dot. K-Dot, I'll never forget, we was in the nutties, and this nigga, Kendrick's, nigga, we, I, God bless the dead, my nigga, Pop Gates, he was like, Black, who is that little nigga? I said, my nigga, that's, that's the little nigga out the West Sides. He was like, nigga, that nigga killing act right. So they all in a big ass side. And that's the first time I had seen Kendrick's. That nigga was going crazy. We in the nutties, this nigga, P-Fun, this nigga killing everything. And then I just kept seeing a cascade. And whenever, you know, I was there, all of these different niggas from all over the city, I was just seeing them pulling up, jumping in, you know. And I'm like, wow. So, yeah, I, I would like to think that, you know, I was a precursor and a starter of a lot of shit off of the West Coast. Mm. So I help you molded, you know, the, how to do music as far as like, Counting balls and yeah, because like I definitely didn't know none of that shit. Structure. I just was writing shit, just and, and running through shit. When 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 did the ball start to get rolling as far as the notoriety? Where in the streets you started to pick up? I mean, because like I said, like it wasn't the internet back then, like that, mm -hmm. right? Right, right. It wasn't the internet, right? Hell no. So now I can rap and, and put a beat out, and it's gonna catch traction. Right, you got to be hand in hand promotion, street promotion, right. stuff right. like that. So you go from right freestyling with the homies. Right, Ice T in, right. in, in, in the studio, right. he's showing you how to do it. Now, when did things start to climb up, pertaining to you, you know, buzz? I mean, shit, man, a nigga was grinding for a minute, man. So I never forget the songs that led to me actually getting that deal, and it was right after my wife had passed away. 
um, I was in a real, real dark space. And um, my brother, I had been in the hospital with her. And um, Brody, he came up there to Gardena Memorial. And he was like, he's like, Black, you, man, you need to, man, just keep pushing, man. You're going to get into this rap shit. I was like, man, fuck that shit. Mm. Fuck that rap shit, nigga. He was like, man, Black, man, fuck all that. He's like, look, Black, I want you to come up here and go to the studio for my birthday. I was like, man, how I ain't finna fuck with that shit, nigga. He's like, nigga, you ain't finna come for my birthday? I was like, all right, bro. He was like, you coming? I was like, nigga, I'm gonna come, nigga. And so, I'll never forget, niggas had a little studio. So, I pull up. And so, the first record I hear... I'm like, damn, these niggas got some little tracks. So they played that one. I laid down Pots and Jars, and I laid down two more records. I did them all in like 17 minutes, all three of them. And so Brody was like, damn, Black, that shit came out crazy because they just kept playing tracks. I just, boom, first verse, second verse, third verse, first verse. I just ran through that shit. And then I'm freestyling the hooks as I'm spitting the verses because, you know, I write on my head too. So I've been writing, you know, in the pen before I came home, I wrote 600 verses. But even to this day, when I'm moving around, I ain't got time to get to a piece of paper. Here go four bars here. Here go four bars here. Here go four bars. So whenever I'm able to sit down, I can just start pulling them and putting them together with a piece of paper. Oh, I said this on this day. I said these four bars on Thursday. Nigga, but Sunday, I said this shit right here. Boom. And then it all start coming together. And I look up and shit, I got 80 bars or some shit. So. Um, anyway, the niggas had took the records or whatever not. And so, shit, I went back, nigga, to doing my motherfucking uh, security guard shit and selling my weed. Shit, uh, you know, I never thought of it. He wanted me to go to the studio for his birthday. That's how, this is the real truth. Nigga, it wasn't like, nigga, oh, nigga, I'm finna put these songs together, nigga, and I'm finna go get a record deal. No, nigga, it wasn't nothing like that. Them songs was some songs I did for his birthday. Hmm. Nigga, if I'm lying, I'm dying. So, them songs ended up, the niggas heard the songs and they was like, I didn't know who the niggas was. I just thought the niggas were just some niggas who owned a little pool hall with a studio. But them niggas had knew everybody in the industry. Everybody. Every major exec. So, they took them songs and they shopping them around. Me, I'm back to doing me. Nigga, I'm in the F1. Nigga, I got two ounces sacked up. I got my security suit on, nigga. <laughs> nigga, I'm finna go punch this clock, nigga. I'm finna make me a play on some moves. I got this play lined up. I, I never even gave two fucks about... I didn't even hear the fucking records. Mm. Next thing you know, my brother, he was like, Hey, man, Black, them niggas took them records, homie, to some record company. And niggas want to sit down with you. I was like, man, fuck out of here, nigga. Fuck, we a record company, nigga. He's like, man, that's what niggas is saying. I was like, nigga, we don't know shit about no motherfucking record company. Nigga, what we know about them niggas, they fuck niggas. So fuck that shit. So, you know, I was real anti-fucking with a record company mm -hmm. then. So the niggas had came down there where I was working at, and they was like, look, man, let's go up here to Atlantic. Man, I got a meeting with so-and-so. I was like, man. He was like, man, this shit real, nigga. These niggas will give you some bread. I was like, so I never, I come from the old philosophy, homie. 
I don't believe nothing I hear in half of what I see. That's just the way I was raised. So they telling me all of this shit, Def Jam West, Atlantic, Warner, and all of that shit. And then we went and sat down with the dude who signed me, my nigga Pete Farmer. And um, Pete was like, nigga, I'm going to go get you a bag, nigga. I'm going to go get you. And he was the only nigga that looked like a nigga, nigga, like, like, okay, nigga, I see you. You, you got on your burgundy. You run around here, blood, blood. I was like, okay, homie. All right, you really bought that life? You you know? And so, you know me, I'm running tracks on the nigga back in the street. I'm pulling this file cord out the cabinet, you know, hitting, you know, I'm pulling a nigga file cord. You know, shit ain't, you know. So, I touch a few niggas and niggas, oh, yeah, yeah, the nigga, you know, he was right, he was the homie over there in the hood or whatever. So, we sat down and he was like, nigga, I'll go get you a check, nigga. I was like, go get a check then, nigga. Go get one then, homie. Go get a check. The nigga went and got me a check, nigga. He was like, here, here go 20 bands. Nigga signed the light form of it. I go get on top of that another 200 and something. I was like, okay. And he really wanted to see me in the studio, so he put me in the studio with his, with Lance and JM and them. And so we just started recording, and that shit led to the deal. And so, shit, that's, that's how it all began. And so once those records got out there, then the record company had me, I went through a gamut of recording, recording, record. Back in then, back in the gap, back then, you record 100 records for an album. You record 100. You know, like I told Boosie when I met him, I was like, shit, the nigga Boosie like, nigga, you know how it go. Nigga, get your big ass in the studio and cut 100 records. Mm. I was like, well, that's what it's going to be. We just going to cut 100 records and see where we land. You know, that's, that's the old way of shit. That's how artists did back in the gap. You cut a hundred fucking records. That's how you know where you stand, you know? So we cut about a hundred records and shit. I'll never forget. I was down in Memphis and um, I was working with Carlos Brody. And so i never forget. We, we, I said, man, I want you to sample that, uh, that belly record. And, uh, he sampled the belly record. I was like, I love that fucking record in belly. And he sampled it. And so, nigga, I laid the verses down. I wrote all the verses right there. Boom, 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 boom. I didn't even, I just wrote them all in my head. And so, next thing you know, Pete, he, you know, Be I didn't know Beanie Man was my label, man. I didn't really, you know, I just heard of Beanie Man as a little kid, you know. Of course, yeah. But, nigga, them niggas sent the shit to Beanie Man. Nigga, Beanie Man jumped on the record. Homie, I never expected Beanie Man to jump on a record. Like, nigga, this like a god, nigga, like. That nigga like God, nigga. This nigga jumped on it and murdered it, yeah. and murdered the record, and sent it back to the record company. And then the record company was like, "Oh, nigga, this is the single." So you know, after that, nigga, shit. Next thing you know, it's playing on Power One Hundred Six, and back then, ninety two point three to beat. And next thing you know, it's it's blazing through L A. So, but by that in them days, you know, you went on promo tour, nigga. Shit, you be out there doing two hundred shows, nigga. Pocket, rabbit ear, pockets, rabbit ear, living off per diem, just running on the road. So by the time I get home, I realize and shit, niggas like, nigga, you on 106 and Park, nigga, what's happening? I come in my city, nigga, they got posters up, and I've been gone for seven months, nigga. You know, they had a nigga on the chilling circuit out there, nigga, the record label, nigga, have you running till you had hoofs on your goddamn feet. <laughs> nigga, come back, nigga, man, saddle burn on his back, man, the record company get it all up out your ass back in the gap. So, I mean, shit, homie. I come back to the city, nigga. It's poster boards everywhere, nigga. The song all over the radio. Niggas pulling up. Hey, homie, you Gorilla Black. Hey, what's happening, homie? That's when I first got that notoriety. Like, damn, okay. And so, shit, after that, I went up here. I came out here 
with Jimmy and Jimmy was like, nigga, shit, cut a mixtape, nigga. Start cutting mixtapes. So I go up there to Czar and shit. Jimmy had the whole hookup up there, nigga. I go up in that motherfucker and nigga do nigga like 15, 20 records up there with Jimmy. And Jimmy ass was like, nigga, okay, all right. So shit, a lot of records that was supposed to be, you know, for the album, a lot of more new records I was mm -hmm. cutting. And Jimmy was like, nigga, just put out some fucking mixtapes while you got this shit buzzing. So that's what I started doing. How you met Jimmy? I met Jimmy, man, through my man Wafu. And um, I never forget I came out here. And so I never forget I went up there back in the gap. He had an office across the street from the 4040. And so went up there and, and fuck with Jimmy. And, you know, because I was supposed to have been, I had went and had a meeting with uh, Benny Medina at the time. And so Fool was like, man, you should go up here and fuck with my man. Me and Mavario, they was doing Don Diva magazine at the time. That was out here. It was real big back in the gap. Don Diva. You know what you know? that is. Yeah, that real shit. So, um, them niggas, um, they came out to California and they went to the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? They was there in the neighborhood and you know, I got turned on to my man Wafu and uh and all of them, Mavario and all of them. They came to the neighborhood and did like a documentary in the neighborhood and shit with the homies and did all that shit and shit like that. So, you know, that's how I first linked with my man Wafu and so he was like, yeah, man, Jimmy a good nigga out here, man, back out this way. So when I linked with Jimmy, man, shit, it was just beautiful. And so Jimmy, you know, he was able to get a lot of shit going and put a lot of shit together and make sense of a lot of shit that was still kind of at disarray with the label along with Pete. And they was able to come together and get the shit put together. Did you, did you, um, <clears throat> when you was working with him, did you see Jimmy and uh, any crazy behavior that he conducted? Absolutely not. Jimmy was Jimmy, man. Jimmy a good nigga, homie. So, I good mean, job. I mean, Jimmy just, man, made sure shit was straight. Anytime I kicked it with Jimmy, man, it was always love, man. And, you know, Jimmy came out here when we shot, when he, well, out there. Jimmy came back to the West Coast, you know what I'm saying? And, man, all the homies met Jimmy, and Jimmy was out there while we were shooting in the middle of the 40s. We was shooting all over. Jimmy was just, man, out there just kicking it, homie. You know, so it was just like, damn, okay. All right, nigga, you from the East, and nigga, you out here in the hood, hood, nigga. Just out here, nigga, like, yeah, Jimmy was out there with his bitten up bandana on, like, nigga, moving around, like. So that's what that's what made, you know, Jimmy respected out there because he was just moving, homie, like, he ain't had no fear in his shit, nigga. He was just grinding, homie, like, putting this together. Boom, 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 let's do this, let's do this, boom, 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 boom. So that was a beautiful thing, homie. Yeah. When you hear this stuff about him now, how do you feel? I mean, at the end of the day, you, you know, I, does man. it change the love you have, or what you mean? Like, you know, um, certain things we heard about him about being like incarcerated. what, like telling, and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know if you know about that. Hey, you know, homie, I'm gonna say this, homie. You know, I've been in prison, homie. Okay. And so, you know, hearsay and what what somebody may say and thought about or whatever not. I mean, until I see it in paperwork, homie, until it's in front of me, homie, no, nah, I don't I don't live on hearsay. I don't live on no word of mouth. Respect. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with my nigga. My nigga was a stand-up nigga around me, homie. So until I see it otherwise, homie, no. Nah, I just know how he moved with me. And that's that's all that matters. Exactly. Um, so 
Beanie Man did a record, record pop, you come back 106, you back all around. Right. Now you out here moving. People people know, you know who you are, and then you get with Jimmy. Right. I mean, put some tapes together. Um, what is the next step after, you know, you drop, uh, because the album didn't come out, when the, when the record came out, the record came out, what, 03, right? Right, 04, we dropped the album, album in 04. 04. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were putting out mixtapes before you dropped the album. Right, yeah. I, well, I was doing a little, I did a lot of mixtapes before I dropped the album. And it was a lot of records that we still had left over from the album. And as they sat down in the company and they had broke down all of the records in which they wanted to use, it was a lot of records. But at the same time, I was hearing new shit that I was hearing on the radio and whatever. Not. And back then, back in the Gap, that was the thing to rap over, you know, somebody's shit that was hot. So, you know what I mean? You know, I come out here and niggas like, yo, nigga. Rap over this shit, rap over that shit, rap over this shit. So that was what was, that was what was hot back then. So I'd just be freestyling over shit. I write nigga like twenty bars and just spit that shit over it. You know what I mean? Period. Yeah. So you, but at this time, nigga, I remember, nigga, I was in, I was in, what was, what was, oh three, I was in high school, was high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in, I was right, uh, right. I was in the. 11th grade, nigga. <laughs> Playing that shit, nigga. Uh, 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 that this shit nigga was fire. crazy. I love that shit. <laughs> Yo, yeah, man, but... Uh, I we, love that shit, boy. We used to... Man, the shout first... Shout out to Beanie Man, too. Man, man shout man. out to Beanie Man. King Beanie Man. I, man, you know... You know how a nigga move whenever you go to his, his spot and you able to go where he at. Track. And I never forget... You know, I never forget, homie... I was telling this story in the penitentiary. So I was sitting there with the homies. And I never forget it was some promoters. And they had came and they was like, nigga, we got a big show for you out there with Beanie Man. I was like, for show. He was like, nigga, we finna have you, nigga. Nigga, seven days, nigga, you finna just be out there, nigga, doing it big. So, nigga, they flew me. My nigga, DJ Robbie Rob, shout out to Robbie Rob. My nigga, Wafu. Nigga, uh, my brother. Uh, I brought my uh, wife with me at the time. I brought her out there. We all went out there, nigga, and they had to stay in the grill, Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And we stayed uh, at Hedonism. And, man, i never forget, man, we had the most beautiful time, man. I mean, we really was living at the little resort shit, you know, you know, insulated from the real shit. Mm -hmm. So, man, the day of that motherfucking show, I never did a show before in Jamaica, period. Never. So it was about 60,000 people out there. So when we come in to the what's it call them, we come in with Beanie Man. I'll never forget they was calling him Moses. And they was bowing. Like, Moses, Moses, Moses. Like, this nigga is real Moses. Like, this nigga is from the Bible. Like, <laughs> But this is the respect that this nigga got these in his. Now, I done seen, you know, niggas. Oh, yeah, nigga, when so-and-so perform, you should see how they go crazy. You know, you I've did many shows with some of everybody. Wayne, Ludacris, all. i never forget. I'll never forget one time Ludacris is down in New Orleans, nigga, at the Bayou Classic and murdered it. Shut everything down. Everything moving. You know, he in cash money backyard, nigga. You. I'm talking about, man, the, the fans was going so much, man, it, it just felt like the whole world was just shaking in that motherfucker. But let me tell you here, man, I was in Jamaica with Beanie Man, and, man, the men bowed to him. 
until we got into a little tent. We was in a little tent. And so we come out the tent. And so I'll never forget. I got my wife with me. She said, black, everybody has guns. I said, wait a minute, baby. What you, you? She said, black, everybody has a gun. I said, sweetie, we in Jamaica. Black, they all walking around with their guns as if it's a soda pop in their hand. I said, baby, you need to chill the fuck out. Just chill. She said, black, they're over there arguing. They got the guns. They arguing with the motherfucking guns in their hands, and they calling each other fuck boys. Black, we, where are we at? I said, baby, baby, this ain't the resort no more. I know we ain't at the motherfucking resort. So we come out. I never forget. We get to the stage and shit. And so my wife is wilding the fuck out. So, you know, I was hearing shots, but I'm thinking that it's a far off thing or whatever. Not, you know. Oh so Beanie Man got the full band on here. Beanie Man go on the stage. So I never forget. We step onto the stage. This is when I first step on the stage. I could see people all the way out into the water. Bro, they playing Compton live. Ain't no DJ. What's what's none of this shit, nigga? These niggas doom 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 niggas. Doom, 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 doom. They playing every fucking <laughs> instrument. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. I'm I'm talking about man, this shit is Jamaican style. Mm. Listen, homie, by the time I step out there, hit the first verse, all I see is all the pistols raise up. Boom, 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 I'm seeing the sparks off the pistol. I look behind me. I see my wife' hair floating like a parachute. She didn't jump clean off the back of the stage, homie. She jumped clean off the. I swear to God. I look at Brody. Bro, go get her. Go get her, homie. Go. Just fuck that. We don't. I don't need no dubs, nigga. Just go get her, nigga. She jumped off the ten foot stage, homie. All I see is her, her little red wig go back. She, she, she. I see, man. No lie, boozy. I swear for God, homie. I'm looking at bro. I'm still into the verse. Beanie Man said, rewind. She let me get a breather. I'm like, go, 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 homie. Go get her. Because she's so scared. She hearing all the gunshots. The gunshots come off so much. When they shooting, you can't even hear the music. It's just feeding back into the thing. Because I'm looking to the crowd, homie. They all got burners, homie. It's easy to turn them up like this and squeeze, homie. That's how much respect, homie, that man got in his hometown, homie. That whole crowd, homie, damn, they look like everybody had it. When the guns went off, homie, it just looked like we were somewhere in Baghdad. All you should see is bullets coming up off the top of their pistols. I said, damn. I'm like, God, damn. This is some, I ain't never did a show like that in my life. I'll take that story to the grave with me. I mean, I, at the same time, homie, I'm going to keep it G, homie. A nigga Bowser's a little loose. Nigga, cheeks are tightened up, homie. Because all that gangster nah. shit, nigga, I, I done been in some gangster shit and around some, but them niggas is on another level of gangster. Wow. That's another level of gangster. That's gangster, nigga. <laughs> That's gangster, nigga. No, no. That's all the first shit. time meeting Beanie Man at that, that, that show. I, well, I, I had met Beanie and did, you know, a bunch of shit, but I had never been in Beanie backyard. Mm, nigga, you. them niggas was walking around with pistols like they were cigarettes in their hand. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody had a gun, nigga. Everybody. The water lady. Hold on. You want to drink? Hold on, boy. And everybody had a drink, a gun. That's why when I went into the tent, my wife gave me a reality check, a pep talk. Black, everybody has guns. Everybody has. This is how she. Everybody has guns. I'm like, wait a minute, Sean, just chill. Black, everybody has a gun except you. You're the only one, and you guys, Wafu, everybody got guns except you. 
She said, Black, they're arguing, smoking blunts with the guns in their hand. I said, Sean, 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 Sean. They're talking regular, too. You know, Jamaican, yeah, he's yeah. just expressive. Yeah, like. they just, just chilling. That's, they just talking. They're talking regular. <laughs> pussy wall that. I'm going to I go on and say. I'm going to know. Pussy boy. Yeah, they, yeah. they talk, and they arguing over there, and so she keep, she keep fucking with me. And I'm trying to talk with Beanie Man, but homie, as soon as she heard them gunshots, all I seen. She was out. I seen her jump off the stage like a damn pe- All I see is her wig fly back like a little parachute. I said, hop, go get her. Go get her. Beanie Man said, pull up. I'm like, absolutely. Nigga, go get her. 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 Go get her, homie. Go get, go get wifey, homie. Yeah. Bro left, went down there and got her ass. She had hit the ground, tucked the road. She had shit all in her <laughs> weave and shit. You know what I'm saying? She's standing there like, well, shit, if you're going to die, somebody got to go home to the kids. So, shit. <laughs> Fuck it, homie. But I, you know, that was a different level because I ain't experience. never been in a show. Where, you know, the crowd got guns, homie. I ain't going to sit here and tell you no lie neither, homie. Mm-hmm. Nigga, nigga cheeks was real tight, homie, <laughs> performing in verses, homie. Because <laughs> so, them niggas, all they got to do is point that pistol on me. Ain't no, I've been shot before, homie, so ain't no ain't no coming back for that. All they got to do is ain't that motherfucker directly up there. So everybody sit here and tell you, oh, nigga, I was gangster and I was nigga that one. I was the one. No, nigga. A nigga sitting there with put, shooting guns in the air gives two fucks, nigga. Bullets ain't got no names and ain't no telling where the fuck it's going to land. I heard the story you got shot in your hand and stuff like that, right? Yeah, man. I got shot on Orleans trying to wrestle a pistol from the nigga, man, and shit like that, man. But, mm. man, you know, it was one of them moments where the nigga was robbing me, you know. And so it's just like this. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm selling, the, you know. I sat down and I chopped up some work. And I had back then, you know, they had bubble tapes, but they ain't like the ones you got now with the little cartridge thing. They had the ones where they had a little top. Mm-hmm. So you put the gum in there. So I would go to the thing and buy the kids the bubble tape. But in turn, they would get, take the gum out and give me the box. The box was like a little skull box, a little tobacco, and you screw the top back on the motherfucker. <laughs> I'd take that shit, chop the work up, put the work in there, and just you, you'll see it old and put it in the bush. And I have them everywhere. I chopped up some work, put some work in there. I bought a little quarter pound of some bullshit ass tree. I sacked that shit up sitting up under the little tree in the back by Poppy's little bird cage. I had some money in my pocket and shit, about maybe about two hundred dollars. Wasn't even no major money. So the homie was like, "Nigga, nigga, want some weed?" I'm like, "Nigga, nigga, you got some weed? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hold on one second. Went back there, got the little shit in the pocket. I had all the weed I had sacked up in my right pocket. And I had the little thing with the, uh, what's it called? I got my burner on me. It's a true story, homie. So I walked to the front. Homie drew down. The other homie, he drew down. But, you know, back then we was all smoking sherm. So I could see the homie, you know, he still, he got the burner. He still, but he off the, he off the sherm. But he on me. So I get a nigga, the weed. He was like, nah, nigga, where the fucking money at, nigga? So I get a nigga the money. Give him, give him the work and all that. So at this point, homie, nigga, you still asking me for something, homie. You ain't asking no more, homie. You you trying to, you finna kill me, homie. I, this is my, this is how my mind think about it. So back then in the gap, you know, we all smoked Sherm, but I'd already start snorting powder. So I had turned on a lot of homies that snorting powder. So, you know, I'm tooted. I'm tooted. 
So my mind compute, this nigga's finna kill me. We're gonna grab the gun. I'm gonna be able to just get the gun out of his hand. Nigga, you know, again, cocaine is a hell of a motherfucking drug. <laughs> exactly. That part. So, homie, this nigga still up on me. He on me. All that old heroic shit, you got it. I got a gun, nigga. I pulled out. I slid down, hit niggas with. No, nigga. When a nigga got the drop on you, he got the drop on you. Don't matter. All I'm hoping is I can get in enough range enough to get the pistol up out of his hand just enough to get me a little distance or snatch this motherfucker. It is what it is. I'm not, I already know what's in your eyes and I already know what's in your heart. You keep asking me, homie. You're just trying to figure it all out how you finna kill me. Your mind is, that's where you calculate me. I ain't finna beg for my life. You a bitch ass nigga, homie. Period. I'm not finna beg. No. That make a nigga gun you down even quicker. You know what I'm saying? You don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Real one gonna die once, nigga. Coward gonna die. You know what I'm saying? He died a thousand times over. So, no, nah, nigga. So I try to get that motherfucker. Pop, 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 pop. But, but that's enough time for me to. <sighs> I look up, nigga. This motherfucker blew off. Motherfucker exited here. Nigga shot me here. Shot me in the ass. Shot me the fuck up. I get up under old lady house. I climb through the side of the what's it call them. Them niggas jumping the whip. They spin the block. They spinning the block because they thinking that I'm still, I'm somewhere in the area. The niggas spin the block, spin the block. By the grace of God, homie, I just got up under that old lady house, homie. When I stopped hearing the tire screech, I then they knocked her back door down. Boom, 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 boom. She's like, man, I jumped, man. She, I was like, call the motherfucking police. Call the ambulance, call somebody. I was leaking like a motherfucker. But I had so much cocaine in my blood when they got me to Martin Luther King. They can't really hit me with shit. I'm so loaded. You know what I'm saying? They can't really, you know, because he asked me, he was like, you know, what drugs you got in your body? I'm like, I got PCP and cocaine in my body. You know what I'm saying? I smoked the Sherm stick earlier, of course, earlier. Of course. You know what I'm saying? I smoked the bop earlier. So, and I'm, I'm, I've been, ha, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going. I've been bumping, nigga. Bump here. We bumping. I'm bumping all, you know, through the evening. So, you know, they put anything up in me, that shit will fuck around and kill my ass. So, as long as he keep me alive, that's that's it. So, he was a hell of a little surgeon. You know, they talk about Killer King, but shit. I ain't dying that motherfucker. They shit. They hell of a gunshot specialist. So, so, how do you start sniffing cocaine? How'd that happen? Oh, here you go. Ask me that <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, homie. I'm going to keep it 1,000 with you. Please do. I'm going to keep it 1,000. You know, back in the gap, the nigga Hoovernal and, and uh, you know, Poppy nephew Hoovernal used to be in the back back there, and he had another son named Manuel. So right there on Oleander. So I never forget, you know, mommy was cooking some meat one day. So they drinking hornitos, hornitos tequila. So they had a church bench right here. So they lived in this. He lived in this garage, and she lived in here. And then Poppy had tenants that stayed upstairs. So they turned the garages into like makeshift little apartments down there. So I'm sitting on the little church pew, but I'm drinking just as much as they drinking. I'm drinking, but I'm like, how in the fuck? They still running. They bouncing around, bing, 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 bouncing around this motherfucker. They bouncing around. They making tacos and shit. I'm like, but I'm sitting over here. I'm slumped, homie, on the thing. So the homie, you know, he went to Nord back then, and back in the Gap, it was called Nord. We used to go get popcorn chronic over there off of Nord and get some Todd. So we smoking the popcorn chronic and I'm sitting there. So I try to get up and so I, I fall. Boom. 
So Hoover now come and sit me on the bench. He was like, you fucked up, huh? They laughing, you fucked up. I was like, hell yeah, man, what the fuck? Y'all, what you put in my drink or something? He was like, nigga, ain't no, we drink just as much as you. They just running through the bottles. So Hoover now, you know, he my nigga and shit. He put a work on his hand. You know what I'm saying? He was like, hit that shit. I took the safety off my burner. Like, man, who the fuck is you doing, homie? He was like, man, just sniff this shit. Just sniff this shit. He was like, man. I was like, man, fuck all that. He was like, man, just sniff this shit. As soon as I hit, took that first bump, boom, I bumped that motherfucker. Homie, the music just sped up. I stood clean up, nigga. <laughs> Hey, homie, as soon as I hit that work, homie, I came back. I, I came back as soon as I hit the work, homie. Like, the work brought me back. So, after that, I was up from that night all the way up to about 7 to the sunrise. I'm up, nigga, selling work. I'm moving around, nigga. I'm beatboxing. I'm free. I'm on, nigga. I'm on like a motherfucker. So, you know, I didn't know him. You know, I ain't knowing they bumping. They drinking and shit, but I'm the only one getting slumped. I'm I'm on the church bench. So when I got out, I felt so he was like, man, ain't nobody finna turn you on the game. Let me lace your boots up here. I hit that bump, nigga. The music sped up, nigga. I stood clean up, homie. That shit had me high for a long ass time the first time I bumped that shit. So And you loved it. I was bumping ever since, homie. I kept that shit in the sound. Kept that shit in the tape deck on full rotation. Yeah, that cocaine music. Yeah. That shit on full rotation. So yeah, while I was hustling, crazy. I used to always have, I used to keep me, you know, a little bag, you know. And so then the homie. <laughs> what happened? Oh, that, yeah. Don't my man back over there now. Nah, yeah, it's been a long so, time. Yeah, it's so. still open over there? I still, I <laughs> Yo, I ain't going there yet. <laughs> did, you, did you stop or you still doing it? What? No, I'm good, homie. Sure? I, I'm, hey, homie, I'm absolutely good. 1,000%. 1,000%. I don't trust your answers. The way you answer, you're very, very, very slick with your words. Have you stopped sniffing cocaine? Absolutely. 1,000%. Yeah, 1,000%. I am 1,000%. Yeah, but that was that, And that's how I, it happened. And so, you know, I would smoke my little weed and shit. And so I still, when, you know, I'd be feeling a little sleep, I'd be like, I'll wait till it's about. 12, I start bumping. So one time, you know, nigga came back there like, nigga, what the fuck is you back here doing? <laughs> I like this thing. Nigga, what the fuck is you doing? I'm like, nigga, I'm fucking with this shit. He's like, nigga, let me try it. And the homie had hit that shit. Next thing you know, the homie coming and buying dubs from me. And so then the other homie bought a dub. So they snorting too. So everybody, they were still smoking Sherm. You know, Sherm is something that we make, you know? That's what I'm saying. I was, that was my next question. How does, because... I hear people smoke sherm. You know, I guess it's cigarettes or weed dipped in PCP, yes? A bottle yeah, of fluid? Exactly. How does that happen, though? Like, do you have a bottle of a house? Like, like how, break it down. Well, you know what I'm saying? Shit. Once you hit that motherfucker, they just turn that shit over. They hit it with a pour. You just need a dap on that shit and just turn the cigarette upside down. And then motherfuckers will wrap it in foil back in the gap and you just go pick up one. Or some niggas just, you buy the whole damn pour. That pour make... Hundreds of sticks, homie. Just stick, stick. Of embalming fluid. Yeah, exactly. Like but back in the get, it wasn't like this bullshit ass shit out here now. Niggas had that pie out, nigga. Like, as soon as you hit the, yeah, you hit that. When you hit it, homie, you don't light it like. Yeah, homie. Niggas had that pie out. So, cool, you, man. Damn, you tricked me, man. The pie, yeah, that pie out. No, homie, on the real, when you light it. 
when you light the motherfucker, when you light it, you can't, you know, you can't never light this shit like up to your face, homie. That motherfucker blow your whole wig loose. So you light that shit standing back like this, and then you hit it. So the first time, nigga, shit, when you hit it. But how do you get embalming fluid from the um, funeral homes? Yeah, but that, you know the homies cook, homie. They cook, homie. So the homies, you know, when the big homies come home and they cook, like the older homies cook, you know when it's that real, oh, so-and-so came home, pie, <laughs> Nigga, hit that motherfucker. You know <laughs> when certain niggas come home from the jail and they home, nigga, nigga, man, niggas is hurrying up. Niggas is, that's an investment. Was uh, Sherm's, is it addictive? Yeah, niggas is Sherm heads, homie. So people still smoke Sherm in the land, homie. I mean... You know, we was we we the we the innovators of that, if anything, homie. But back in the gap, you after a while you get used to it, but then sometimes you get catch that batch where nigga like you just standing out there, my nigga asshole neck and nigga like mm. nigga it is what it is, homie. Like <laughs> sometimes you can't control it. Whatever your mind think, you do, homie. So you gotta have a strong ass mind when you hit it. So sometimes you might hit the stick, I might hit the stick and give it to you and you start screaming and shit. And I'd be like, hey, homie, chill the fuck out, nigga. And you'd be just tripping. You'd be tripping. But it don't hit me the same way as it hit you. Like, then sometimes I hit that motherfucker in the ground, feel like it's this high. So I just be trying to step on the ground, homie. You'd be a cloud warrior, homie. But, yeah. So, so okay, so now, all right, let's get back to GHM. Record is out, performing. <laughs> album come out. Where does the beef start for you? What do you mean? You had a couple of beefs, you know that. You know what I mean. Come on, man, don't let me break it down. Yeah, okay. Well, you, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, that. Yeah, oh, hey, 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 hey. Don't mm. no end of the day, <laughs> black word. Listen, no listen, end of the day, me? listen, hope, listen, listen. Let's 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 uh, we go through it and we we chronicleize each one of them, each 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 incident. Thank you. Mm. Let's chronicleize them. I'm saying, how it started because okay, so because they, you know, when they when they when they, you know, um. Like, how did it, I heard the situation with Daz was something about the record. Um, right. I don't know the Jermaine Dupri one. Right, well. right. I don't well, know. The, the, the situation with, the, with Daz, we're going to keep it 1,000 about that. I came out here to New York. Okay. So I was recording a bunch of records up there at Zara at the time. And so it was a bunch of mixtapes that was even floating around here in New York that I had never even heard. But um, what it ended up happening was is that some that song ended up not making the album. And the reason why it didn't make the album is because they submitted the record. But when he submitted the record, instead of, you know, I'm like, okay, the record came out dope. We went out to Superfly House, me, Superfly, Daz, we cutting records. So we ended up cutting three records. So they took one of the records and put Snoop on the record. Snoop first came out dope. The shit was hard as a motherfucker. I'll never knock that. But, you know, they ended up, they ain't say, oh, well, look, Black, we're going to put this record on the album, my nigga. We finna throw Snoop D.O. Dub on this motherfucker. We finna go do it big, nigga. Whoa, whoa, nigga, what you want to do? They went back and submitted it to my A&R. And so I'm like, okay, that's dope. But shit, nigga, we can get back in the studio, me, Snoop, Corrupt, Daz, all of us, and get in there and make another record or whatever not. We'll keep that one and we'll track another one. They were submitting it for a payment, so... We kind of like er, pushed that one to the left. It was one that a record that we wasn't, you know, all the way locked in on. And they wanted 
a payment on the record. And, you know, we was at the time we deep into the budget and we scurrying up money to finish up all kind of other shit for the album. So, no, we're not going to spend 50 bands right now to do that. That record ended up getting leaked. When it gets leaked, it gets leaked. Daz say he going to kill me. So Daz, you know, make these strong statements about me. And I'm like, damn, you going to kill me. Is that right? So that's when the shit with me and Daz ensued with that. You know, looking at it in hindsight. Okay, because I'm about to get you. Look at the shit in hindsight. Now, we, you know, we had we seen Daz at one of the Dove shows. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, Daz know what it was. Just put it like that. So he knew exactly what it was, 1,000%. So, I mean. Y'all didn't speak? Oh, it, it was more than words, you know. But things did take place. It was, you know. My, you, what, 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 let me ask you a question. Are you so leaked? Leaked meaning what? Now, because there's two type of leaks. Is the well, industry, so is the industry what leaking it or is the engineers taking the record out and giving it? It's two type of, it's a couple of leaks, but we so know like the, 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 the. They didn't, so the, whoever took those records, whoever, I don't know. Respect. They took them records and put them with other records that I was cutting for a mixtape. So whenever I heard it, I'm like, oh shit, how in the fuck did this, you know? And the mixtape wasn't even on the West. It was out here in New York and it had that song on it. And so this nigga got word of it. And when he did get word on it, he jumped on there and was like, yeah, man. So what do you think about Gorilla Black? Man, fuck Gorilla Black. When I see Gorilla Black, I'm going to kill Gorilla Black. This is what he said in the interview at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you finna kill me, homie? Over a record? Okay, well, again, homie. So whenever we run into Daz, we ran into Daz, and Daz know what it was. Homie. But don't you feel like you understand, like, do you feel like he should have looked out and not asked for a payment? And don't you feel like you understand where he's coming from but for feeling like he would be, he got gypped? Meaning, what I mean, gypped is like, okay, we're going to pay you, mm-hmm. or we just let that sit there and then we put it out like, he well, got first and foremost, Jack yeah. So first and foremost, no, you gotta understand something. It's the difference of you coming to me, nigga, and me and you. We sitting down. That's just like right now. Got it. I see. How it's just like this, Boosie, Boosie, my A and R, right? But me and you, we finna do a record. But instead of me and you, we do the record together. Me and Queens flip, nigga. Gorilla and Queens flip, nigga, nigga. Yeah, nigga. But then you turn back around, nigga, and you submit the paperwork, nigga, to the, nigga Boosie and tell Boosie, nigga, I want 50 bands. You don't come holler at me. Ah, I got it. I got it. And then Boosie pull back up on me, and he come tell me, and he be like, yo, Black, yo, yo, Queen sent me the shit for 50 bands, nigga. See what you're saying? I, I see what you're saying. Okay. The record is hot, Black, but the nigga Queens want 50 bands. I see what you're saying. Wait a minute. I was just in the studio, nigga, me and Queen, we in here, we drinking, we pouring big drink and shit, nigga, we vibing and shit, you know what I'm saying, and nigga, this nigga just, shoom, and go straight to Boosie with the, with the record, like, nigga, I need you to cut 50 bands, bro, no, brody, that's how that all ensued, so the record, immediately, we pushed it to the side, because it not only just had him, he went and put a verse on it from Snoop. So when he put that verse on there from Snoop, 
the record came out dope, but I wanted to cut another record where we, me, him, Snoop, we sit down, we intel, we go through it. No, we're going to put this to the side. It's a difference if we all discussed, you're going to get 50 bands. Got it. Yeah, it's like me and you, it's a difference. Like, you like, yo, Black, I want 50 bands for this record. Okay, for sure. Then me and you and Boosie go sit down and talk about 50 bands together. Not nah, nigga, like, no, I don't work. I don't Did you like try that. to, cause, you know, we know you dissed him on a record and, and you said you met up with him. I mean, you saw him one time Yeah. at, at an event. Was right, an event, right, right. And you said it was what it was, but. Yeah. You know. Obviously, it wasn't misunderstanding. Did you ever try to rectify it at all? You know, or what? you feel like, or your street mentality, or where you come from, death is wishing death on me, is something major. Right. I mean, in hindsight, man, I took it. I took it a little bit overboard in looking at it. Respect. I could have. I could have. You know, instead of you know, I wish I. I it would have been more diplomacy added to the situation in which where. We could have came together and we could have spoke and sat down on an even keel and just said, hey, man, I think this way and I feel this way and I think this way and I feel this way. And this is where the misunderstanding took place at. But that didn't happen. And, you know, it looks you look back at it 17, 18, 19 years later, like, God damn, my nigga, like you, the nigga who I was, I was riding around selling dope, listening to Daz and Corrupt. You niggas is West Coast legends, my nigga. So I would have. I looked up to you guys. I looked up to DJ Quick and MC. You niggas was the role models for me as coming into the industry on that level. Mm -hmm. So it would have been nothing for you to pull a little homie to the side and say, hey, Gorilla, this is what we finna do, my nigga. We finna do this with Snoop, nigga. We finna put your shit all the way on, nigga, live. And, nigga, I could have respect that. Like, nigga, this is Daz, nigga, lacing a nigga boots up. This the big homie. But when you do shit like that, like, hold on, homie. Like, <laughs> Wait a minute, homie. Like, as if I'm some little old weenie pop or a buster. Like, stop it. Like, knock it all the way the fuck off. Like, like, okay. It's the difference is you being a big homie saying, nigga, we cutting these records, nigga, and we finna go to the label. And then we finna even throw S and double O P on them. Nigga, S and double O P? Not the West Coast God. Like, what? Oh, nigga, I'm yank stamped. I would have loved to do that. But whenever that happened that way, the record wasn't all the way a record like it wasn't a record like like that. Like that motherfucker like wasn't like that. It was just like a cool record. Boom. So now I'm like, oh, this is what it is. So let's reach out and woo whoop. So whoever leaked that record, they fucked up so much shit, my nigga, that could have took place because that shit really fucked up. The relationship that I could have enveloped with all of them dudes and, you know, me and Corrupt, we definitely was good after the fact of that. And, you know, spoke on multiple occasions and dog as well, homie. But that shit fucked up so much shit that could have been potentially great. And looking back at it in hindsight, 2020, I wish, man, that there was some diplomacy in which where we could have came together and we could have spoke on it on some grown man time like but, you know, nevertheless, not to take away from him, man, that nigga still a West Coast God, homie. That nigga a legend, homie. Look at his body of work. Look yeah, at his facts. music. Look at the shit that he did. Look how he laid down the Shout path on this up. West Coast. Yes, yes. So, yeah, that nigga Daz did his thing, homie. He ain't. That nigga, that nigga put Daz paint where it ain't, homie. 
So, yeah, he, that nigga's like that precursor nigga, like, before all of us. You yeah, know what I mean? I like, understand, I understand. Yeah, so that's like the nigga, like, nigga, here's, you know, here's Dre, here's nigga Suge, nigga, here's nigga Snoop, nigga Pac, nigga, you and Corrupt. Y'all niggas is what is is the evolution of what we know today is West Coast music, period. Y'all are part of, they, they're part of that, Corrupt and Daz. How you and Daz now? I, you know, I haven't spoke to Dad since I've been home. You know, I haven't spoke to him. You know, I haven't reached out. He haven't reached out, vice they, versa. They had a video. You saw him at the car show, right? I said, this is a long, long, long time uh, yeah, ago. Yeah, like, yeah. almost, maybe almost 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, sometimes you got to calm down a little bit, you know. I'm proud that you grew. You probably was in jail thinking. <laughs> uh, don't lie, don't lie. I'm not laughing. Cause I, 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 just, I just remember your car show and, and, you know, there was a video. But we're going to respect that. I ain't a trucker. They, they already accused us of, of, of rehashing <laughs> trouble, so I, I ain't going to do that. I'm just saying. got to think, man. Be nice. I, you know, like, it was a misunderstanding. Cool. I get both points. Oh I told you. I became a lot more rational. I'm able to think about <laughs> what I'm thinking about. What my counselor told me in my cognitive distortion, you know, therapy, she said, think about what you're thinking about. Don't just think, then have a feeling, and then just swing or get down. or you know. So now I'm able to think about what I'm thinking about, understand that I control how I feel about things. So instead of me letting my emotions control me, mm -hmm. I can think for myself instead of, boom, zero to 60. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So the next beef. Yeah. The next beef. Jermaine Dupree. Well, you know, with Jermaine – that was a, that's a real touchy thing, and due to the fact that at that time when I was over at Virgin, you know, it was a bloodbath, and it was a bloodbath that ensued, and it was a lot of good people there, man, at Virgin, man, that really believed in me. My man Lionel Rittenauer and, you know, Pete Farmer and all of them people that, man, that really told and labored to help put that album together and so forth, so... Everything, you know, back in them days, that was called a bloodbath. You know, when a new exec would come in, he would take over everything. He would bring all of his people in. He would fire all of these people. We're going to clear house. Jermaine came in, man, and just let his nuts hang, you know. And so when he came in at the time, he and I, immediately I'm turning in records. And so I'm cutting, turning down, you know, cutting in records, turning in records to Jimmy for my second album at the time. And so, you know, at the time, you know, I had already had a relationship with Lil Easy, Easy Son and shit. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm turning in records, turning in records and shit. And I'm like, Jimmy, what's going on? He was like, yo, Black, I don't know what the fuck going on. When I called Jimmy, Jimmy was out here. He was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. He was like, then one day Jimmy told me, he was like, look, nigga, them niggas is finna be out in L.A., and um, I'm finna come out there or whatever. So Jimmy came out there. And so we sitting down in the thing. And Jermaine, he trying to tell me how the fuck to be a West Coast artist. Where the fuck they do that at? Like, nigga, 
Well, like, hold on. Is any he's a producer? You, I that? wouldn't give two fucks what oh, you oh, is. See, that's mm. ego. That's ego. No, it ain't. No, it's it ain't. Ego. No, you ego can't. Black, you black. can't tell me how to be nothing on the West Coast if you ain't lived on the West Coast. You ain't never raised a pit bull. You ain't never flew a pigeon. You ain't never rode in a low ride. You ain't never game bang. You ain't never sold no dope on none of these corners. You don't know nothing about no West Coast lifestyle and living and culture. Period. Point blank. What about the people that he worked with before you? It don't he... matter. You work with him. You ain't lived there. You just produced a record. You can't tell me what Almost a West Coast slow. artist is. voice is deep and it's projecting. I feel aggressiveness coming from you. <laughs> no, so, so. I like that. You're right. No, 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 I like that. So, how, But you don't think that he... Now, remember who he is and people he worked with before oh, you. Okay. Legend, worked with. So okay. you wouldn't think that he would have a sense of like, hey, yo, Black, don't do it like this. Do it like this. No. You this don't think what, so? This is, this is okay. what... Listen, listen. Snoop, this, listen, Bow Wow. You work with Snoop. You work with Bow Wow. Bow Wow ain't from my coast. The brat ain't from my coast. And you got to understand something. You modeled the brat and all of the rest of them after Snoop, S and Double O P. So pretty much, you're modeling them off of an artist that already was a breakout artist. So you, this was already embedded in and ingrained. It wasn't like Snoop went to go work with Jermaine. Snoop was already S and Double O P before he met Jermaine, and everything that he projected in those mu and that musical, that lifestyle, that culture was already embedded in and ingrained before Jermaine Dupree was even Jermaine Dupree. Mm. So what I'm saying is this: you can't come and tell another. You can't come. It's a difference if you're doing it in not a judgmental way or a critical way, but in one in suggestive feedback. I'm going to give you some feedback. He came in in a judgmental, critical way at me. And so when he did this, this inflamed me. And I spoke my mind right then and there. Like I said, I was like, you can't tell me what a West Coast oh, artist. Let's do it. I'm closing my eyes. Tell me what happened. You came in. So we came in. We had a little meeting or whatever not, and we sitting down. And so he was like, yeah, whoop-de-whoop and whoop-de-whoop and whoop. I was like, I ain't, what hood you from, homie? Where you from? What hood, where street block you ever lived on and where you... A lot of the shit that you know about, you've heard about it through a record, but you ain't never embodied it. That's like me coming out here telling, you know... That's like me telling Nas, nigga, you're not, nigga, East Coast nigga. Nigga, or telling a nigga that's from here, who's lived here, who's really been here through the trenches, through the grain that understands everything about this whole East Coast shit and been on it their whole entire life and been doing it, that you don't embody that. That's absurd. Period. So, again, this is, this is how I'm trying to give you an example of what it was. And so from that moment out, like I told Jimmy, look, man, activate my claws. Our interests are no longer aligned. I want out of the record deal. Let me go. I'll let you do what you're going to do. You find an artist that embed, that you feel that embodies that. At this point, we've sold already so many records. We move well over 300,000 records. So, you know, success don't follow, you know, success don't follow money money follows success what had happened and what took place at that time you can't knock it nevertheless i give you your chops you've been a hell of a producer you've created some of the greatest artists that came up out of atl and your production is definitely something that's going to live on throughout the vastness of our culture period point blank and i respect that but Respect this as well. Respect where we at. Respect 
what this is. So you may have produced records, but bringing an artist from here is a whole different genre and gamma. So that's why it's real, you know, until Nip, you got to understand something. With Prior to that, prior to Nip, I was the only artist pretty much for a long time that came off the West Coast that didn't come under Dr. Dre, that didn't come from under Snoop, that didn't come from any of those lineages. I was the only artist that stood alone and broke out on my own. And I did it totally unique in its own way. And so for him to come and tell me what I should and couldn't and can't, huh, wait a minute, you know what? Our interests don't align. You have your vision. I have my vision. That's beautiful. Just hit the eject button. Let me go. I told Jimmy, Jimmy, tell him to activate the clause and let me off that record deal. Jimmy was like, Black, you really want to? Jimmy, it's time for me to go home. Because of that one incident. That incident was more longer than that because they hadn't released money for the budget for the second album as well. And there was multiple situations and that they were supposed to took care of. They never did. So those obligations with the recording costs and things like that of that nature. And you sitting here playing with the bag. Oh, no, 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 no. You playing with the bag. Oh, no, no, no. We ain't going to do that. And then when we actually was able to sit face to face in the energy between he and I and it was there where it was at. Yeah, I think it's time for me to go. He just told you he didn't like a record. I, I don't like this. I don't like that. Ooh, like very I mean, I mean, I went to you and tell. He tried to tell me what a West Coast artist should and shouldn't be, which you can never do. Respect. And you are, that's like me going to Atlanta and saying what a Atlanta artist is supposed to do and can't do and what he's supposed to embody and what he ain't supposed That's like, but, fuck out of here, nigga. But, but, we out here trapping. Turn up, G. Turn up, G. Turn up but, G. but if if you're a big time record producer, right. songwriter, and you right. got these credentials and right, you got right. resume, do mm-hmm. you feel like the artists in Atlanta, you being from the West Coast, you're in Atlanta, you feel like mm-hmm. they, they should respect your shit? Would, I mean, no matter, I want you to understand something. And the way, as as, as let let me say this. That's like this. No matter how much writing credentials and production credentials you may have, right? Mm-hmm. I may have. Mm-hmm. I'm a West Coast dude, so I understand West Coast lifestyle and culture. But me going there with all of these credentials and all of these writing chops and everything, trying to tell an Atlanta nigga what he's supposed to embody in his hood and his trap, in the trap. That nigga don't look at me like, I give a fuck about all of that. Because, nigga, I know what the streets want. This is what the streets is. And this is what I've been doing. And this is how I got it. I got it out the mud like this. Mm. How are you going to tell me because you got these Grammys and you got these writing chops in this production what I'm going to... I was doing this before you came. I was doing this before he came. Mm. So it's not respectfully, disrespectfully, but respectfully, <laughs> disrespectful, but yeah, respectfully. Chill out, chill out, chill out. Yeah. Chill out, chill out man. I, I got you, I got this you. This guy is crazy. <laughs> Did you ever speak to him after? You ever spoke to him after? No, we never, we spoke again at the Roosevelt whenever my brother did his deal with Island Def Jam. Got it. And then, you know, that situation and how it all turned out, you know, he really fucked over the whole play with my brother. And I he promised that. that he would do the right thing by my brother. And so, no, man, that nigga did some real goofy shit, homie. He did some real live goofy shit with my brother. And, you know, my brother a real nigga. You know, my brother a real nigga, homie. Period. Hands down. This ain't no talk. And so, 
you know, I really had to keep my brother all the way up off that nigga bumper. For real, for real. And so he had promised me and he sat in my face like I'm sitting in your face as a man and said that he would do the right thing to help him do what he needed to do with his career. And then when it came time to it, you know, he went a different way. And I'll never forget Mary J. Blige was sitting there between both of you, you know, we all sitting there. And the only reason, God bless the dead, nigga, my nigga Pop Gates, rest in peace. Man, God bless the dead. The homie, rest in peace. I'll never forget. He was like, black. We was at my barbershop. And he was like, I was like, man, fuck all that, homie. We, ain't even, we don't even need to do that shit, Pop Gates. He like, my nigga, you finna let your motherfucking emotions get in the way of this bag, homie? Is you finna let your emotions get in the way of this paper? That's some broad shit, nigga. You gotta understand, nigga, this is your brother's shot, nigga. This is his time to shine, brody. Either you gonna get on board and support your brody or you gonna... I was like, man, not anybody but that, nigga. He was like, man, black, that nigga got the biggest bag out on the table right now. Sit down and squash that shit, let that shit be, nigga. And I squashed all of that shit, homie. For the better good, for the greater good of my brother and his career. And I really wanted to see that go into play. And all of us who came together, Feli Fell and Johnny Shapiro and all of us who put all of that time and energy in my brother's project for, you know, at the end the way that it did over there with uh, Island Def Jam with Jermaine. And so, you know, L.A. Reid knew what was, you know, the right thing to do. And he ended up letting my brother up out of that situation. And he looked out on us and took care of it. The game. The game. Now, that situation and that beef, man, I never forget when I first met him, man. You know, it was it was a beautiful time, man, on the West too. And I never forget, man, Pete, he was like, Nigga, I need you to hear this nigga. This nigga right here is hard as fuck. This is Pete Farmer, my A and R. And I was like, man, this nigga is hard as fuck. We go to the studio, man, and we just chilling and Two or three times, I think we went to the Vibe Awards together, me and Game did. And we was just the best friends. We always chopped it up. I used to go up there to the Interscope building all the time, man, and go up there and, you know, fuck with Kevin Black, my nigga Kevin Black, and Marissa and Garrett and all of them up there, and Game up there. 50 used to come up there. It was just lovely at that time. So, you know, there was a situation, and I won't elaborate it into detail. And that situation... He and I, we both know what it was. You know, it could have easily been where he and I just easily chopped it up and we could have squelched it. And it could have been that. And no, 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 let me finish what I'm saying. He and I, we could have easily sat down, but he knows, like I know, what it really is. And at the end of the day, I believe more than anything. All he got, you know, all we had to do was just sit down and just chop it up. That shit is small and it was so petty and it was so insignificant. And again, some of the things that led to the transpire of me speaking and getting on records and dissing him like he dissed me and vice versa, those things could have been avoided. They could have been avoided. 17 years in hindsight, looking back, that shit was petty as fuck, homie. So you don't want to get into details because what it makes you look bad? No. Just he and I, we the only ones who know. It'll never make me look bad if you really knew the details. But again, I respect that. So, so 
You were friends. Yeah. You had a situation. Exactly. Private situation. Exactly. Have anything to do with money? Just curious. Hmm. It could have been a lot of money involved. Got it. So you had a situation, and who was wrong in the situation? Were you both wrong? Were you wrong? Well, you say yeah, we both was wrong. Flip, you know, retro. We both was wrong. Cool. We both was wrong. So when he was saying you was was it from Compton and all that stuff, and all those words, right? What was that about? How did you feel about uh, that? You know, shit. Again, I, I remember think, that. I, I remember oh that yeah, was, I definitely listen. Did it bother you? Because you know something. Yeah, you know it would. Why wouldn't it bother me, nigga? Like, come on, homie. I went to Whaley Middle School and Compton High and. Nigga, I re- I was before you went to Compton High. Like, nigga, like, fuck out of here, nigga. I sold dope on Orleander, nigga, on Barron, nigga. My mama stayed on Compton and a Ramby, nigga. The fuck? I stayed on Ponsetti and Elm and Elm Streets, nigga. There you go. Like, why would you say that? So then I thought about it in hindsight. Thought about it. And I understood what he was thinking. And I understood what he was feeling about the previous situation and why those would be the actions of that to happen in the way that it did and him to say the things that he said. At when you end, say previous, you talking about with G-Unit, with 50? I, I ain't got shit to do with it. That He and I know the situation again. Oh. that That's him and G-Unit and all of that shit. That was after or before? That was, that was way before that. That was before he even went to G-Unit. So yeah, this is before he went to G Unit. Yeah, exactly. The situation with you and him before he went to G Unit. Yeah, before. Gotta be some, it's, some, it's some street shit, you think? No, it ain't no street shit. It's some record industry shit. But we'll leave it there. Somebody hating on somebody. Oh yeah. Somebody messed up somebody's deal. Yeah, no, no, man, no he had Whatever. a deal. No, <laughs> hey, the nigga had a deal. He had a deal. I had a deal. We both had deals. That that wasn't no. The, the nigga got his bag. I got my bag. So it wasn't in me or him in the way of it. He and I, we on we know the truth and he know the truth. And it was so small and insignificant. But he and I both took the shit way out of proportion. And I think uh, when you look at the surrounding other, so the supporting cast, the niggas that was around him, and the supporting cast, the niggas that was around me. Now you got all of these things that escalate into shit, and you throwing shit on top of shit. But at the end of the day, no, man. That when shit he, was... When, 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 I mean, when he... Wait, hold on. Because when he was dissing... What you mean when he was dissing? He was part of G-Unit in 03, 04. You got to remember, I knew the nigga before he signed the G-Unit. That's what I'm saying, but he started he was, listen, he was rapping, Listen, though. listen, He this is You got to understand, the situation that entailed him to say what he said happened before he went to G-Unit. Hey, don't talk to me like that. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> Don't talk to me in that. Don't talk to me in that type of tone. Break shit down. Queen, Queen, I'm just trying to get you to understand what you're saying, but when I'm saying that, so he held that for so long. Right. That's what I'm asking you. Come on, man. Right. Now you get it. Now listen, at the same time, that happened before because he was signed directly to Aftermath. I heard about, yes. And so the whole situation had ensued over there at Aftermath, and then they bundled his situation up and put him on the shelf. With G unit. G unit, oh okay, but that situation was when yeah before he went to G unit. So when he got to G unit, he putting together the album, putting that together. And then I hear the nigga say, "Wow, for real? Okay, that he was part. bothered. He was bothered, right? Yeah, yeah why cool. wouldn't I be said, bothered? Yeah. Have you ever spoke to him since? No, I haven't spoke to him in a long time. 
Have know? you ever seen them since? No, I ain't seen them outside of, you know, here and there. I see them on IG here and there, but I haven't spoke to them. Back then, man, we used to speak quite a bit, man. We'd actually go out a lot, go to different little shits. I'd meet up with them. We'd go to different studios. Yeah, man, but I think that situation that took place, man, it really, you know, it just changed the whole atmosphere of the relationship, homie. You hold things very, do you look at things from a different perspective? You hold things very, very, you know, you hold grudges, don't you? You know what? No, not really. I don't think that I hold a grudge. I think that more than anything, man, there's a pathway, man, to peace. There's a pathway to us sitting down and talking. You can never knock what the nigga did for the coast, man, and the music that he created and the shit that he did at that time, man. And so that nigga will be in the archives of one of the greatest artists that came out That's of the West Coast. That's a fact. I don't give a fuck what me and his issue was. After that, nigga, the nigga went on and surpassed so many artists that came before him and sold millions and millions of records. See, homie? All of the petty shit, that shit is small. That shit is just water under the motherfucking bridge when a nigga just bubble. And the homie bubbled up. He went and did his thing. And he blew. So you can never, you know, knock that in for what it is and what he was able to accomplish in this period and in this time that a lot of other artists had never, ever accomplished. And still even to this day from the West Coast. So, you know, it's been a long time since Pac, a nigga just jump out and sell five, six million units. So, yeah. That's a big feat for a West Coast artist. Definitely that man did that. And, you know, I look back in hindsight, man, I sat in a penitentiary, man, for almost nine years, Queen. And I looked at all of the things, man, that just, you know, pissed me off on so many different... Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Queens, yeah. girl. Queens, let me see. Oh, Queen Flip. Queen Flip. <laughs> Good job, G. Good job. Yeah, see? See what you want? Flip, flip, flip. Yeah, all right, flip. Yeah, all right, yeah. flip. So don't try to speed on. <laughs> don't try to speed on. This is how they end it. Yeah. To, no, 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 no. Hold on. Well, hold on, homie. Your name is Queens Flip, homie. No, 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 no. Right? I'm not talking about that. You got that right now. Okay. Right? You said Queen earlier, but we don't get past that. What okay. I'm saying is that you said if you go into the statement of the penitentiary, yeah, that means you sort of skip of how you got in there. You're gonna. No, no, I'm not skipping it. I'm just saying, no, 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 I'm not giving it an ending. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, as reflecting back to the previous things that I just said, I sat down over a period of time. All of these things that you just brought about, I had time to sit down and think about beef with Jermaine, beef with Daz, beef with the gang. And I sat down and I thought about it, man. And, you know, you sit around and you see... You know, dudes coming in there with 360 months. You see dudes coming in there with 240 months. Wow. You see dudes, homie, getting 500 months, 400 months. And then it gave me the chance to sit back and think about how blessed God has been, you know, has blessed me to be able to do it on that level, to be around those people who've made so much history throughout the music industry. Homie. So much history. Homie, that beef shit is so small and incontestant compared to all of the things that God has blessed me with. So I'm always willing to sit down and talk with all of those individuals, you know. And there can't be one person right, one person wrong, you know. Look back with the situation. And maybe I could have protected those records a lot, that record a lot better. Maybe I could have did that. 
I didn't understand all of the different things. I was a new cat coming into the industry. I could take some of the blame of that myself, even with that situation. Maybe I could have been a little bit more open-minded to Jermaine Dupri and his suggestions at the time. Maybe. Maybe. You know? Maybe me and Gang, we could have seen things in a different little Maybe. light of time. We could have sat down. <laughs> so all of those things I take in the hindsight and I sat down in that penitentiary and after doing all of that time and I look at things with a bigger, bigger, bigger perspective of the blessing that God was able to put all of those different people at one point or another in my life and to be able to do it at the level that I did it. And so, you know, I, I, I look at all of that and I see dudes, homie, who ain't never coming home, who ain't going to never make it a walk about that federal penitentiary. And so I seen, you know, dudes get stabbed up over the, over the weakest shit over some damn noodles and shit or, or a basketball game or a little petty ass argument. Motherfuckers done got his whole head blowed off up in there. So, I mean, to sit around and, and when you look at it in rear view, like, damn, we was beefing over that shit? Over that? You wouldn't say it, but yeah, over that. Yeah. Over that? Or that? Nigga, when there's so many bags out here to get? But my mind didn't think like that then. And it, I look at things in hindsight in 2020, like, you know what? <laughs> You know what? This life is too short, homie. To be over here beefing over some small incontestant bullshit. You know what? If I'm wrong, let me be wrong. I can face that, you know? So all of them dudes, man, all of them brothers, man, have had a, a pivotal part within, you know, the West Coast history, down South history, made great records, did great things. So I just thank God that I was able to, you know, do it at the level that I've been able to do it. So you got sent to the pen for... Uh Nine years, eight years, nine years. Yeah, nine years, two months. Yeah. You want you want to uh, tell us how, how you got in there? Well, that's a story in itself, man. That it's crazy as fuck. But I ended up jumping out there, man. And at the time, man, I had a lot of little financial situations going on. I had bought a house in Marietta, California. I had a house out in Norco, California. I had a shop. I had a motorcycle shop. I had all kind of shit going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd walked away from my record deal. So I'm like, man, you know what? I'm just going to try to do things on a more entrepreneurial level and just really create some other shit. Sometimes, you know, we have the greatest plans in the world, but as soon as you get punched in the face, all them plans go out the window. Mm -hmm. And so life, you know, is, 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 a, is a crazy equalizer whenever it come at you full force. And so, man, next thing you know, I dabbled this way, start dabbling that way, dabbling this way. And, you know, shit led to one thing, shit led to the next thing. And, you know, I was federally indicted on 22 counts of identity theft, you know, uh, bank fraud, access device fraud, and ended up pleading out to, you know, eight counts. And so that shit, you know, sent me to a federal correctional facility. I'm about to get him. I'm about to get him. <laughs> so, thank you, G. You started scamming, yes? Yes. Before yes, scamming was, yeah, yes, you was a scammer. Yes. You was printing shit up and all that? The whole now. Interesting. Okay. We don't want to get nobody indicted anymore. Um, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I never know how to know. I, I did a whole lot of time, man. So, yeah, I, I did some fucked up shit. What made you go that route, though? I mean, man, it was, you know, introduced to me. And when it was introduced to me, I had seen the possibilities of how much money was being made. And 
I looked up shit. I did the shit for three weeks and shit. I had 20 bands. And so that made a whole ray of, you know, changed my whole financial light that was really depressing at the time. I could pay this mortgage. I could pay on this. I could pay on this. So 20, 20 bands, homie, just to be able to have 20 bands in the first beginning of me doing it and how quickly the money came. And so, shit, I, I didn't just you know, dabble my finger no more, man. I just, I, I do my whole do body and immerse myself in this Not shit. Thank you. You know? So, do you think you got told on or you think you were reckless? Like, were you going on? Like, like you got oh, told I know on. I was told on. You know, I know I, I know was you told wasn't, on. I know you wasn't going into the store doing the pieces yourself. At one shit, point. I blast that motherfucker myself. So, so mm. I don't think you was told on. I think yeah, was oh, no, no, no. I was told on. Oh, I was told on. See, you know, I wasn't just doing it in the store as well, homie, but I was behind it on a way bigger, bigger play, on a much, much bigger play. You know, my crime was over, you know, 20,000, well, 30,000 cards. So it wasn't a physical card. It was actually where we had, I know act- mm-hmm. you know, we had to, you know, the technological advancement to be able to get <laughs> those uh, and acquire those cards at a at a phenomenal rate. So only time I go in the stores, I put it on a piece of plastic. Blue, blue, blue. Oh, it works. And off to the races they go. So, yes, I was told on three times. Twice, though. Yeah. I was told on the first time. The first time I was told on, Mm -hmm. the the dude who me and him had these technological advancements, Mm -hmm. he told on me. And then whenever I went back and I, 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 um, I, um, what is that shit called? I broke my bond. I made another 200. And the person that I was involved with, he told on me as well. What do you mean broke your bond? Because you, you got locked up. I violated my bond. So, all right, I got locked up. They gave me a bond. Put up a house. I violated the bond and made 200 more credit cards. Mm-hmm. And that's violating the bond. So the feds just, oh, this nigga's still making credit cards. He don't understand. He has 22-count indictment. Oh, lock his ass back up. And so that person who told that I was violating, he told on me too. So I was told on twice on this case. Yeah. How was jail? How was jail? Yeah, like was it, did you have issues? Was it hard for you? I mean, shit, jail is jail, man. Issues going to be issues. When you in jail, man, it's just going to be shit, you know, in certain ways of moving. When you get in there, you know, when I first went to jail, being some, you know, going to jail is, is a whole new world, you know. Going in and dudes who've been doing time and you ain't never did no time. So it's certain rules, you know. You living in a cell with a dude, you know. Look, homie, don't spit in that sink, homie. Spit in the toilet. You shit, nigga, wipe that shit up. When you piss, you wipe that up. You know, this cell got to be, you know, when you living in a cell, it's just a certain way. Now, that's just one thing. Then when you're dealing with others outside of your race, it's about being respectful. It's respect first on all levels, you know, and then you moving accordingly how the niggas around you moving. Like, hey, homie, you ain't finna move this way. You ain't finna move that way. This is how it's gonna be, and this is how it's gonna be, and this is your first one, and it's gonna be your last one. And that's just what it is. And once they get on your helmet, they on your helmet. And then, you know, 
situations happen and niggas get out of pocket, nigga, we can go handle that, homie. Let's whoop. Oh, no. My, I'm watching. Oh, no. Put on your shoes, my nigga. Come meet me in the bathroom. Fuck all that. Nigga, I'm watching. It's just going to be a respect level on all levels. Nigga, if you sitting here watching Batman and Robin, you're watching Batman and Robin. I'll go pick up a book. And then there was, you know, because it's going to be respect before anything and all things. So, in jail, it's, it's big on respect. And long as you respect others and understand that and you stay, you know, you go in jail, you see dudes come in there and I'm this and I'm that and I'm, no, just be you, do you. You know, <laughs> this ain't going to be your first day, your last day. You got plenty of years added on to this time. So you go in there with the big nut bandana on, niggas finna humble that shit real quick. You go in there, man, thinking you 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 that one, nigga finna humble that shit. Oh, you really like that? Oh, nigga want to see that. Oh, is it really like that? Are you really built like that? Oh, they going to test everything in you. So you go in there and be you. Just be humble. Just do your time. Niggas going to get out of pocket, but when they do, you're going to have to put on a demonstration. Here's a demonstration. <laughs> Win, lose, or draw. We finna get a demo going. And that's what it's finna be. And after that, you're going to move forward, and there's going to be other times they're going to jump out there. But all you can do is, nigga, win, lose, or draw, get down and just keep moving. And so while I was in there, man, I, I had, to, you know, the blessing to meet Harry O., you know, and Harry O was one of the first dudes who sat me down and was just like opened my eyes to about financial literacy and wanted me to understand how so many different, you know, investment vehicles of the world work and how, you know, understanding things on a different level. So, you know, I had a little situation about the television because I felt like, you know, everything came with the tick, nigga, the, the bed, the TV and all that shit came with the tick, nigga. So any nigga feel any other way, nigga, we can get out about it. And then, you know. After, you know, you keep running into these, you know, roadblocks over and over, you know, he pulled me to the side and was like, yo, man, you an intelligent nigga, man. I got this book back here, man. Read this, Retire Young, Retire Rich, man. Pick up this book, E-Myth, by Michael Gerber, man. The Everything Store by Jeff Bates, Creatures from Jekyll Island. You know what I mean? Pale white horse. Here, here, check this out, this Sun Tzu. So next thing you know, I just started reading books, reading books, reading books, reading books, reading books. And it just opened my mind on a whole different level. Instead of just buffing iron and watching TV, nigga buff iron and, you know, put something in his head at the same time. Sit down, read the Wall Street Journal. Open up some different things by Robert Kiyosaki, different investment books about real estate. Learn about taxes and the tax code. Just learning about different shit. You know, I ain't got nothing else to do but shit do this time. So why not put something different in my mind? Something that I previously didn't understand. And me, you know, being financially inept is what put me in prison in the first place. Not having the wherewithal to understand how my money actually worked. That shit put me in jail because I, I was ignorant. And ignorance is expensive. And that I paid the greatest price, which was my time. And there's no commodity on earth is more valuable than one's time. We can never get it back. All of the time we just spend in this interview is priceless. But every Fortune 500 company out there in the world is trying to commoditize it. You still know how to punch cards up? No, nah, I'm just <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> right. Yo, um, before we go, what are you working on today? I know you said, shout out to Bootsy, man. Bootsy, you know, good guy, man. Bootsy. Yeah, shout out to Bootsy, man. You know, Bootsy. 
calls and said that, you know. What man, you got going on Man, today? definitely, man. We've been working, man. We really been working, man. We got a lot of hot music, man. We've been working on, man. And definitely, you know, Boosie definitely been putting a lot of things into play. So hopefully, man, before the end of the year, man, you guys will see a mixtape coming up out of me. You know, something big, okay. man. So, yeah, we definitely putting it together, man. And, you know, Boosie, when I came back, you know, him and, and D and Warren, everybody at Boss Baby, you know, I came home and, man, they really rolled out the red carpet for me out there, man, at KLD's. And, you know, they really made me feel like I could really do this again alongside of, you know, you know, Boss Lady. And, you know, I got a hair care company in which I own now, which is called Hair Gods. And all y'all out there, y'all definitely go to my, my company. It's called HairGods.com. And we make hair care products, regrowth hair care products, um, shampoos, all of those different things. Go to my website. Um, I was, you know, working on my company and working on my brother's company as well. And, you know, I ran into Boss Lady. And so with Boss Lady, along with Bootsy, man, they've been really instrumental in putting together the new vision for me reentering, you know, this music thing. I, I just, I said, fuck it. I'm, I'm done doing it. And definitely with the encouragement and with all of the help out from everybody out of Boss Baby, you know, my nigga D, he always sit me down and just really lace my boots because, you know, he a G in this shit. So he been around this, the whole street shit to the pen and all of that and him and Warren. And they definitely rolled out the red carpet for me alongside with Boosie and Boss so, Lady out of Who's Boss Lady? Boss Lady, that's 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 Boss Lady right there. That's Boss Lady. Sit right here real quick. Sit right here real quick. Oh, my God. Sit right here. Come on, come on, please. Sit right here real quick. You know, I'm, I definitely want to, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I just want to. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. I'm going to tell you, you know, the beautiful thing, man. I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to tell you something just so crazy. I'm going to tell you, you know. Hey, definitely. Hey, definitely. Definitely a queen at that. You know, the beautiful thing about it is, is, is I was at the office, and um, I was in April. I was at the office, and so you know, boss lady came by there, and she was like, you know, black. I was in there making all the oils on the table, and I'm making all of the products and so forth. You making them? Yeah, I make them. Hell yeah, I make the products. You know, I've been doing hair care since 2006. I tell you, I own the beauty, you know, beauty, you know, salon and barbershop for years. I knew he was on deck with the. I knew he was hands on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I make that shit, you know, myself. So yeah, I I ain't got some China man sitting somewhere (laughs) or somebody in a sweatshop. This is something that's created by us and for us. So. Whenever I sell it, I know that what it is is because I created it. And I've been doing it for quite some time. Now. So it's my hair full out. It's your fault. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, I, I've been doing a good job growing it long, nah, way longer than I have had it fall out. I just, nah, I think more than salute. anything. So when I was putting that together and, you know, one of the instrumental things for me to start writing again was um, was Nip. And um, I was in the penitentiary. And um, I had got the word of Nip's death. And that was... Uh, that was uh that that really 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 fucked me up in there because I was done with rapping um I was done and when they told me that I picked up my pen and uh I haven't put it down I haven't put my pen down and I wrote about 600 verses close to 600 verses in 11 months and so when I came home I was running around doing a lot of different stuff or whatever and so <clears throat> The crazy thing is, his boss lady, she was like, you know, Black, I love that you have a brand and I love that you're trying to grow women's hair, but you do know that you're a brand too. And I was like, 
Yeah, okay. She was like, no, King, you're a brand. You know, you're Gorilla Black. You do know who you are, right? I'm like, yeah, I know who I am. Shit, I know who I am. I know I'm Gorilla. She's like, no, King, I, I, I don't think you do. And I was like, yeah, I know who I am. She was like, do you? And so it made me sit there and think, hmm, I am Gorilla Black. You know, because I'm so used to just being me. I, I don't live in these titles or these 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 construits. I just be me. I'm me. Right, right. But she was like, you know, there's so many people that listen to your music all the time that listen to your music. Did you know that? And I was like, yeah, I, I believe that. She was like, so you do know it's people who want to hear from you, King. It's people who want to, you know, hear from you. Why don't you, know, come down, you know, to you know, Atlanta or whatever or not, you know, it's going to be All-Star Weekend. Why don't you come out there? And so I think with her encouragement and her putting Bootsy on the phone and then Bootsy introducing me to D and warning everybody at Boss Baby and Bansom, definitely shout out to my nigga Bansom doing his goddamn thing, nigga. Bansom, nigga. So, I mean, D and Warren really sat down and, you know, they really rolled out the red carpet because them brothers have been incarcerated. They've you know, been around for a long time out here, but they were just so supportive as well as Boosie. And so, man, I just, you know, the first thing I told Boosie, you know, Boosie was like, shit, you know how the old school is, nigga, get in the studio and cut a hundred records, just start working, cutting, get in there and keep cutting, nigga. We don't know what you're going to have unless you cut the fucking record. So that's been one thing from day one that I told him as a man, I'm, I'm keep cutting records. And so Boss Lady, you know, she'll call me up. Is you going to the studio? Let's set up the session. Woo whoop. And so people don't know Boss Lady dope as a motherfucker. She definitely hands down dope as fuck as a female artist. So, mm. you know, she do her business shit. She got businesses, a whole bunch of businesses, but she dope as fuck as an artist. And, I mean, I got records with her. And, I mean, you know, she, she bring it to where I be questioning my own shit. Like, hold on one second. Let me go in here and kick this shit the right way. You know what I mean? Like, so she definitely got the bar up high and definitely she definitely been an encouraging factor into me reintegrating myself into this music shit because I'm going to just keep it real. Without her motivation and Boosie and Dean Warren, all of them, I probably would just say, fuck this shit, homie. But, you know, they definitely doing that and being there um, gave me a whole new reinvigoration. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, please. Boss, where you from? I'm from Durham, North Carolina. City. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. And and what exactly is your, you know, you say you, you say you rap the music, and yeah. and then also, what else do you, you know? I don't limit myself. I do everything. <laughs> period. I do everything. Yeah, and that's period. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not playing. I know people gas and they say, but I do everything. Rap. I rap. I can sing a little bit. I lost my voice playing spades this week. Oh, I know how to be spades. Spades get a little crazy. Spades get a little wild. You gotta be careful. Spades game. Yeah, I have, you know, I have businesses. I have. I have like I have accounting businesses. Nice. I have event planning businesses. Nice. I manage black. I'm also an artist. So Got I it. do, I have cooking businesses, so I really do everything. She do everything. I don't how you, limit myself. How you met, how you met Boosie? <laughs> <laughs> I met Boosie, I was dating some guy, and uh, he was going around talking about me and stuff. 
And Boosie came to me, real nigga. That I love Boosie. Boosie always had my back. Real nigga. Uh, he came to me real shit. I was young, and uh, I had I got attacked by a dog when I was a kid. Oh, yeah? And so I had money from that. And my little boyfriend was going to me, yeah, my girl got money, my girl got money. So Boosie came to me one day. He was like, you got money? I'm like, looking at the side. He's like, I don't want your money. I'm just asking, do you got money? So I'm like, yeah. He like, first of all, you need to watch the people you hang around. Mm. Like, second of all, what you doing with your money? You getting money with your money? I'm like, yeah, I'm investing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? He like, okay, well, we're going to invest too. And I've been fucking with him ever since. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you got attacked by a dog as a kid. Yeah, I got mauled by a dog. Hey, listen, baby. That's she see a dog downstairs. Hey, just a minute ago, a dog pulled up. And listen, man, she, man, preem. Next thing you know, me preem, then she just slid all the way. She don't play, man, about them dogs. So Really? Oh, man, she terrified of dogs, homie. Are you looking at the German Shepherd? Oh, my God. Damn, G. Why you do that, G? Why you blew me up? Why, 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 was the dog not sorry? Was the dog not trained? Like what? The, I don't know. I was out with friends skating, and the dog just came out of nowhere. He came up behind me. I stopped. My friends went ahead. Um, I was fixing my skates, and they were like, yeah. "Dog!" I'm like, "What?" They're like, "Dog!" And it came from my legs, and I wasn't scared of it at the time because I wasn't scared of dogs. So I was just like, "Okay, nice dog," and then it bit at my hand. I was like, "Oh, not nice dog." So I kind of fought it off. I tried to protect my face, but that's where they beat me the most at, which is crazy. How the dog went away? Somebody helped you? Um, well, actually, my friend, rest in peace, Sherrod McNair, his dad, um, he that he shot off a gun, and they pulled me and put me in the car. I thought I was dead. I really did. I seen a lady. While everybody was trying to save me, I seen a lady with her arms folded. A grown woman, she had a broom, and she was crying. I was like, damn, it's over for me. Stopped fighting, and like a few seconds later, gunshot. I was at home, waiting on the ambulance. Well, shout out to you. Let me give you a credit. Shout out to you for for for, for encourage for you know surviving that, and also encouraging black and shout out to Bootsy and stuff like that. We just wanted to shed light on the women that's out here that you know definitely you know, definitely a queen, homie. I, I mean, I appreciate that. That's the beautiful thing, man. I mean, you know. A lot of people have told me that I should do this music thing. And, you know, sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, people be saying, you be like, uh, but I think um, God sent different people to say certain things in a certain way that resonate with you, that light up like a light bulb. Mm -hmm. And the way that she said it that day, it was unlike my brother. Like, oh, nigga, you should do this shit, nigga. We go, eh, you know, you hear from me like, shut up. Yeah, no, bro, I don't need to do this. There's a lot of passion. Yeah, but it was a difference. The way she said it, it was, it was a. The way she said it made me think. You know, sometimes people say things like, "You do know, sir. You do know who you are," and I was like, "Yeah, I know who I am." Well, King, you ain't acting like who you are. You, you, you. This a brand. You a brand. So you're a bigger brand than your brand. So a brand with a brand, you know. You so if you building your brand, you're building your brand. Hmm. Never looked at it like that. You know what? It takes people to motivate us. You know what I mean? And, right. and, and, and people on the outside to see and to remind us and to reiterate where we was or where we've been to give us that motivation. 
Definitely. So you got to salute them. Definitely. So, so you're working on a project. You got a mixtape coming Definitely. Out. I'm working on it, man, right now, man. And I'm cutting a lot of records, man. And I'm going to continue to keep cutting it. Hopefully it'll be two mixtapes we're looking forward to. So I think um, I'm still on my honey song journey and shit. I mean, the more I do it, the more I, I question myself, the more I challenge myself, the more I keep, you know, writing, the more I keep trying to perfect this, the more I want to make things this way. And, you know, so... I haven't had that passion for it like that in a long time. Um, it's a difference being in prison writing. Um, it's a, you know, there's a different vibe in there when I was writing. And so when I read raps that I wrote while I was in prison, I got hundreds of them. Then there's a different vibe from writing and being out here, you know, in the free world. So, you know, music carry a vibe. It's a spirit in itself. So, just being out here, being able to do that again, man, and getting ready to push this, you know, push these mixtapes and, man, get get the ball rolling, man, definitely. So, and, you know, everybody that you see here has been real instrumental. You know, my man Supreme, his wife Punkin, definitely, man. Every time I'm doing a show, man, Supreme is in Durham. I pull up, man, Supreme, pull up, man, him and Punkin. I'm in, boom, I turn back around there in Atlanta. I turn back around. You know, so definitely, man, shout out to my man Supreme. It's his birthday, man. I'm definitely going to be up in the building for his joint, man. That's my guy. He come and support me all the way to the West Coast. This man is all the way out there, him and Punkin, riding. So the people that you see around me, for real, for real, they really been there for me. Like, not on no fake-ass shit, homie. Like, it's a lot of weird-ass niggas out here since I've been home and some weirdos. But to find real genuine people that's loyal I'm loyal to them. I don't give a fuck. If it blow or it don't blow, they're going to be my family for life, homie. Period. I, I've been in places where there's been nothing but snakes and venom all around me. So, me to come home, I was like, you know, a lot of my homies, they done went sideways. A lot of niggas done went bad. A lot of shit. L.A. ain't the same, just like probably New York ain't the same as it was 20 years ago. So, to be able to have real people around me that's working with me oh man let's do this show here boozy boo man black bring your ass over here man we finna do this shit nigga you finna do these shows you finna jump on the stage nigga i got this shit you know d and warren nigga got me all up in kod's and shit nigga bottles everywhere nigga like nigga nigga woo woo nigga we got bands some nigga woo, woo boss lady you know her birthday just had a big birthday bash had me out there and scrappy and all of us out there man just having genuine people man around you that's really pushing the needle I mean, pushing it, need to put in pain where it ain't, man. So, uh, you know, that beautiful thing, man, to have that, that's, that's, that's something. I mean, I know God definitely brings different people around, and I could be around a lot of negative influences. I'll never forget, you know, the beautiful thing is, is my parole officer at the time, he told me that I couldn't travel. And so boss lady was like, well, shit, we finna have to just get on the phone, man, and go get a lawyer or whatever not, but you done did your time, King, you done did your time. And so I never forget, do he know who you are? And I told him, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to make sure that she was like, see, you just got to keep pressing. And so he allowed me to start traveling. He still allows me to travel to this day and get out here. I'm, you see, I'm here in New York, you know what I mean? So by the grace of God, you know, I, I thank God for everything because I could still be sitting in the federal penitentiary. When you over bro, when? Uh, I got a five-year tail on me, so he told me, if you know, I serve and do, you know, clean tests and everything and keep doing the right thing. In two years, I make him give back the other three, So, but I still got to have nice. two years of 
you know, so, you know, I'm drug free, I'm, you know, everything. And I'm, I, I, I walked the narrow path, you know, I got to walk a real, you know, these are feds now, they play a different game. This ain't no state. This ain't the state of California. That's the federal government. So federal government everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. So uh, I just have to, uh, I have to be real, 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 what real light. Real like, like, oh no, like, I call, I man, boss lady say we gotta go do this. I need rooms, I need, you know. So it's it's a process, but I just wanna stay free. That's it. So long, you know, like the homie told me, man, just stay out there, stay your ass out of that bullshit. Nigga, go make some music. So the homies always push me from, you know, in there they always call me and just just keep pushing, homie. Just keep. Don't give a fuck. You don't know what God got for you. As long as you ain't up in here with us. As long as you ain't in here. This ain't nothing. They, they took that. They taking our time. You got your time to change everything around you and put the right people in place. So to be able to have these people around me, I ain't going to lie to you, man. It's been big, Flip. It's definitely been big. Out of applause, fam. Brother. You like that guy, right? Nah, he's, yeah, he's all right, man. So he got a good story, man. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know. I know you gave, you gave him a he cool. He kept going. He didn't understand, but he'll catch you he like, later. He's like, all right, cool. Anyway, so then he went right back to it. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, let's give us your social media and stuff, please. Definitely. At official gorilla, B-L-A-C-K, at official gorilla black. Um, y'all could definitely go there. That's my Instagram. Um, also, my hair care company, Hair gods that's h-a-i-r-g-o-d-z-z.com hairguys.com so my instagram at official gorilla b-l-a-c-k might check some stuff out maybe i get some, some more you know, products in a long time with no beard i got shave moisturizer man i got regrowth hair you can't holler at them man just throwing us in the right, middle right, of right, right, right here getting a little thin i gotta get my stuff together yeah, yeah man some shave butter you know the shave butter thicking you out man you <laughs> take, know care, take care of me man I'm trying to yeah get yeah i'm definitely you know hey hey both of us is man you know what i'm saying but you know you still could be illustriously and extremely silky smooth Gino, Gino, Gino. Gino. Not another one, not another one, not another one. <laughs> <laughs> the first one, he doesn't stand the first one. He doesn't stand the first one. He cool, man. No, he's not cool, G. I like to talk, man. It's, talk. A, what, it's that West Coast shit. Put your hands up, man. 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 It's all right. It's Boss Lady 86. It's B O double S L A Y D 86. Okay. You can Google me. All right, cool. Yeah. You're welcome. Yo, man, uh, dope episode. You know what I'm saying? We're back at it again. We ain't been here since. Long time. July, I think. Yeah. And Street Knowledge Podcast. Oh, Don't forget to say See, that's the problem with black people. You get them in. She took a whole yard from an inch. Yeah. All right, shout out to the podcast. Yeah. Anything else? You got anything else, guys? You good? Shout out to the boss lady one time, man. But we here, man. Make sure you follow the pages at DJG Money Official, at Queensfoot with a Z. At flip, the script, at flip the Script Pod. Shout out to the whole team. Michelle one time. Uh, Bassie, Ebok. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, everybody. Everybody. We back, man, for a few more episodes, I think. Yeah, you know, we we, 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 we <laughs> For a few you, more choices. Yeah. Until we, we figure this thing <laughs> out. <laughs> you may not see us in here anymore, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, man. Yeah, I think next two more episodes and then, you maybe, know. Maybe two more. Yeah, it may yeah. be a different scenery. Oh, you know, but we, 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 we coming strong. Episode 200 is the next one, man. Episode 200 is the next one. We got we to gotta take a shot or something. You, Whatever you want to do, man. You gonna drink? Whatever you want to do, man. Oh, they're man. They already took the boxes out. You know, I don't drink. They already took the boxes out. They're kicking us out. They, really, they took everything out of here. But On the road again? You know. Um, oh, <laughs> we're we going back on the road. We are. On the road. Right, yo, chill out, man. You, you, you know, we already took to you. Hey, it was Queens from URLTV.TV, man. Shout out to the whole team. Uh, Bassie, Michelle, Ebok, um, everybody in the building. Um, dope episode. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, shout out to Gorilla Black. Um, remember, lock your doors, close your windows, close your blinds, open your blinds. If you see a nigga like Gorilla Black on your lawn, put it away. He don't mean any harm. But don't let him in because he might scam you all night long. <laughs> <laughs>